Hello and welcome on into the PHFL NFL podcast. Week 17 review. The regular season has finished. We know who's in the playoffs and the, the Packers are and the Eagles aren't. See you next time. Thank you. Yeah. Uh-huh. No. Yes, as always, I'm joined by that's Kai. That's the best podcast, that's that's the best podcast that's the best you've best. ever done. That's, that's it. Short, simple, sweet, by less than a minute. Um, yes, joined as always by Kai and by Mikey. I'm sure you've heard their dulcet tones already. Um, yeah, I quite enjoyed week 17. It was quite nice, Kai. Don't you agree when you didn't have any fantasy uh, football to Great. worry about? That was the one thing I was looking forward to this week, was just being able to sit down, watch the football, and not be stressed out every time somebody scores a touchdown, yeah. wondering if it has some sort of effect on exactly. it. I mean, we're not going to touch on the fact that Mikey lost his other fantasy final either and doesn't have any championships this year. Uh, we're just going <laughs> to pass that by. I have one. I have one. We'll get to it. I have one. Is that fantasy, though? Is it? Is it really fantasy? Just let's well, uh, just give me it, please. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, <laughs> we'll let you have it. Um, we're recording slightly earlier this week, uh, just to go slightly real world on us for a minute. Uh, with the current situation, more regulations are happening and stuff. So I thought cram this in before I can't can't come to the office. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens for future weeks. But let's move on to happier things. Uh, but. Kai, let's move on to the FC West, because that really didn't mean anything this week, so we'll just get that by. There were still two games that were, were being played, and two fairly high-scoring games. The Raiders beating the Broncos 32-31, and the Chargers beating the Chiefs 38-21, even though the Chiefs are playing quite a lot of their backups. You were looking at the FC West for us this week. What is your yep. quick-fire analysis of that in games that really didn't matter at all? Um, It's going to be exciting for years to come. Both those games have just shown that. Uh, there's points to be scored. They both just kind of turned into shootouts, to be honest. Like 32-31, obviously, in the, the Broncos game, and um, 38-21 in the, the Chiefs game. So certainly plenty of points. Uh, Chargers, obviously, have since um, moved on from Anthony Lynn. I'm sure Mikey will be absolutely delighted yes, with that. He's um, so uh, as a long, present for long last. as a present for winning the last four. Ah, there you go, mate. Get out of here. Aye, um, what they've done is you've you've given us a worse draft spot. So get aye, out. so you you weren't gaining anything <laughs> by winning, and you didn't win enough games so to get us into the playoffs. So why did you continue to win? That that bizarre, but yeah. Um, Obviously, the Chiefs, like you say, play a bit of a second-string team. Um, it almost looked as if they showed a wee bit more impetus with a second-string team than they did with their first string. Almost like the backups had a point to prove. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it could be interesting going into the playoffs, obviously, with the Chiefs having a, a wee week off now. Um, I think that'll probably be the, the week off they need to turn it around. Uh, Herbert has another good game. I know Mikey had said earlier on in the day that Justin Jefferson had locked himself in for, for rookie of the year, but I think Herbert's just gone and jumped back ahead of him. Yeah, he's um, now now the touch the touchdown, uh, record for a rookie passing. I think it's think it's probably a lock in, um, for Herbert. I would. I mean, it would be nice it? to see someone other than a quarterback win it, but yeah. Just. I mean, if I if I still again, if I had to pick it, would be James Robinson again. I've been. Banging that drum for a long time, but that's not going to happen, especially because Angie missed the last two games as well. So, 
because um, obviously they had a lot to play for, even at one in fifteen on the season. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, uh, I, I don't. I think if Jefferson hadn't, uh, he obviously broke Randy Moss's record um, of most receiving yards by a Vikings rookie in a season. But he went and beat the NFL record in the Super Bowl era, uh, beat Anquan Bolden's record of uh, receiving yards for a rookie. Um, I just think that's too hard to ignore. In my eyes, anyway, too hard to ignore. But again, would not be upset or disappointed if Justin Herbert got it. And if he was to get it, I think both of them thoroughly deserve the award. Obviously, only one can win it. So um, excited to see who actually gets nominated for it uh, in the first place and who ends up winning it. I'm just pushing the Herbert boat because I know if he wins it, I get a tenner out of you, Mikey. So. Oh, big yeah. bucks here. <laughs> Ten pounds. Oh. Yeah, I'll go, I'll go double and quits with you right now. If Jefferson gets it, um, we're quits. And if, if Herbert gets it, I'll give you 20. Fine. That seems like a fair deal. Aye. I I gain everything out of that. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take um, it. I, I, like a, I like a gamble, me. I like, I like yeah. it. So. The other, as the other the, the, I was going to say... Kai, that other game had a bit more of an exciting finish, I would say. Oh my gosh. They went, right, okay, so what was it? The first three quarters by, by was... Finish, by finish, are you talking about Josh Jacobs' drive home or are you talking about the end of the game? <laughs> yeah, that's an entirely different... Um, is, that, is that football related? That bit? Is, it, is that football related? <laughs> I, I, I think that maybe pushes into the law department more than the... the... Arrested for a DUI uh, straight after the game. But what I don't understand is this game, I believe, was in... Denver, and he got arrested in Las Vegas. So literally, as soon as he got home, he decided I'm gonna have a few pints and drive about the strip in Las Vegas. Or was he yeah. hammered while playing? I mean, possibly. I think that's what I said. I said to Kai last night. I was like, when we we seen the news had been broke that he'd been arrested on a DUI. I was like, look, if I was a Raider, I'd be I'd be drinking as well after Aye. the, <laughs> the hope, after the hopes that they had this season, and then to to go out like that. So, but anyway, the Aye, game, the game was hot. Excellent. Six, sixteen, seven. So, uh, going into the fourth quarter, it was seventeen, sixteen yeah. to the Raiders, and then they both went and scored fifteen points each in the fourth quarter, um, including a ninety-two yard Jerry Judy touchdown, which all but seals the debate we had last week of who's had a better rookie season, Judy or Rugs. Yeah. Um, I think that just. The yeah, because it's not like it was a, like a, just a deep ball and he, he no he, 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 he made like it. a twenty yard pass yeah. and the run was sensational. Um, he had a good game to be fair to him. Five receptions, that ninety two yarder helped for a touchdown. Um, Darren Waller again leading. I was, I was going to say, do you know who's good? I normally, <laughs> I normally say this during uh, during the games uh, in our wee group chat. Just you know who's good, and normally the answer is Jonathan Taylor. To be fair, but uh, but in this instance, <laughs> who is good is Darren Waller. He does there's no comparison there between him and any other receiver in that Raiders team. And they uh, they were obviously listening this week. You know, give Josh Jacobs the ball, give yep. him the ball, eight nine yards, two touchdowns. Exactly. Like, he'll win you games. See what happens when you give um, your good players the ball. Yep. And then Derek Carr it's... goes and has a really bad performance again with two interceptions as well. But we'll just skirt over that idea. You know I don't like him. Yeah. Is is Darren Waller before this season started, the big three in terms of tight ends were Kelsey, Kittle and Mark Andrews, and there was talks about maybe Zach Ertz should have been in that top three discussion. I think Andrews and Ertz were the, probably if you count that as the four. Going into next season, 
where do you see Darren Waller in that picture? In the top three. Because of recency bias, I think he'll be second. I think people will forget yeah. quite yeah. how good Kittle Kittle's is. Injury, maybe. Yeah, I think they'll push Kittle yeah, I mean, a little bit further. Kittle will get to that as well, but Kittle's came back and had two very strong games. Um, not just in terms of uh, receptions and yards, he's, he's, as he has as he always has been a phenomenal block and tight end as well, um, gives everything to the cause. But yeah, I would say Darren Waller will be a fantasy asset next season, to say the least, as if he hasn't been over the last two seasons as well. I'm not sure yeah. how early tight ends are going to get drafted this coming season. I know that sounds strange because there's such elite tight ends this year. But going into next year, obviously you've got Kelsey, Kittle, Waller here. I still think Andrews is very good. You know, compared to some other tight ends, you know, he gets points. Jonu Smith scored lots of points, but the players I'm really looking forward to are players like Noah Fant, Hawkinson, Irv Smith. I think they're going to step up, especially Logan Thomas. Logan Thomas, yeah, especially with the, with the, the new offense uh, in Detroit. Now that Patricia's not there, I feel as if they're throwing yeah. the ball more, a bit more expansive. I think I think there's actually going to be quite a lot of high scoring tight ends looking in the fantasy aspect. Uh, I think as well, people will probably sleep on Zach Ertz. If he goes to another team, I think there's a chance he then goes with a point to prove because he's obviously not had any anything like a season this year. He's been injured. There's been so so much change uh, in Philadelphia in terms of quarterbacks. Quarterbacks playing poorly, so um, I think it's hard to to write Zach Ertz out the picture altogether. But like you say, there are plenty. I, I was going to say I have I, have, I haven't even mentioned uh, Hayden Hurst or yeah, uh, <laughs> what yeah. Uh, any of the ones in Tampa and Bay. Also, Tunyon. A certain uh, there's also a certain Kyle Pitts playing for the Florida Gators just now who looks to be a first round pick, potentially a top fifteen pick. Yeah, um yep. depending on who he goes to, if he's going to a potent offense, it could be another dangerous fantasy player. I also haven't mentioned Mike Gusecki. He scores lots of tight yep. uh, touchdowns for a tight end, doesn't he? I mean this is yep. Oh, it's exciting. See, see the thing is, if you if you you obviously want one of the, the big three, if we call the big three Kelsey Kittle Waller, right? They're the guys that you know week in, week out, they will score you a lot of points. But there is massive upside to almost every other tight end in the league. Yep, yeah, I wouldn't have said that at the start of this season, but next season I'm I'm advocating that one hundred percent. Yeah. Yes. I totally totally Agree. Where do we want to go now? I think now? that tells you. I think that yeah. tells you all you need to know about how pointless that division was that we spent more time talking about tight ends. Fantasy <laughs> tight ends, is exactly. <laughs> Um yeah. What division Get do we want to move on to now? What one? What do we want to talk about? Mikey, I'll I'm let Tom I'll, I'll let I'll let Mikey pick a division. On you go. Oh really? And we just had an AFC team. Are we are we switching over to an NFC? It's team up to now, you. Or? You decide. You take you take control. I'll take the AFC. East. The AFC East, where we had the Dolphins playing against the Bills and the Jets playing against the Patriots. The Patriots won 28 points to 14 over the Jets. Cam Newton actually deciding to play football this week compared to some weeks. And uh, and the Bills, I think it would be fair to describe that as an annihilation. 56 yep. points to 26 um, over the Dolphins. I, dis- I disagree. I think you need to find a word that's more aggressive than annihilation. <laughs> That's that's when you, like when you say an annihilation is an understatement. That sums up the Bills' performance this week. This is um, a PC podcast, on, remember, Mikey? I actually thought the although there was nothing to play for, the Jets Patriots game was actually quite fun at times. Um, good. I thought um, Darnold had a relatively good game. I know he threw two picks, but he was making some. 
I think it was it's more he was making this game had more fun plays than it was um high quality, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um Arnold did make some some good throws, but he also made some bad ones. Um the three quarterbacks that played today, Sam Darnold, Cam Newton and, and Jacoby Myers, all played all played really <laughs> well this week. Um, if I was to pick one person, judging on I don't know, let's say quarterback rating, Jacoby Myers, hundred and fifty-eight point three, one for one, nineteen yards for a touchdown to Cam Newton on a flea flicker. Um, Kai mentioned this to me the other night as well. I think Cam Newton used to coach Jacoby Myers uh, in little league or something like it was that, like a seven v seven league or something. Like that, yeah, a summer league, and Jacoby Myers was the quarterback to the team that Cam Newton coached. So kind of went full circle that. Uh, Cam Newton caught a pass from him in the NFL. That's uh, pretty cool. And you know, on the PHFL podcast, we all love a trick play. Oh, Absolutely yeah. oh, love yeah. a trick play. We, I mean, we could probably do a podcast just talking about the trick plays of the season. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, as as we said, nothing to play for. Um, looked quite tight until the uh, uh, the fourth quarter when the Patriots won the fourth quarter, fourteen to nil. But yeah, a fun game. But we'll get obviously to the Bills and. Dolphins game. Just a shame. I know we've said in previous podcasts, even if the Dolphins didn't make the playoffs, they have. They, they weren't meant to be there this season. It was a complete shock that they were even fighting for it this season. Obviously, they won't see it that way. They'll be absolutely gutted. Um, yeah. But this, this, this Buffalo team, like, I didn't think, I thought we'd reached the, the apex of, of, uh, of us talking about how good they were. And the fact that we're about to talk about how good their backups were. I mean, that McKenzie um, went for 65 yards and two scores. The, the whole team in general was just superb. Like it was, it was like, oh, we're going to take our, our starters off. Well, we're going to destroy you with our with our backup team. I honestly think that backup team would maybe go three and thirteen again and probably beat the Jets and the Jags this season. How long was Easily. Josh Allen actually on the field for, by the way? Well, he, he threw for 224 yards. And three, three touchdowns, tough. but I think I don't think he was on after half time. No, I think they maybe took him off mid third quarter, possibly. Um, I think they scored early in the third quarter. Um, nope, no, he didn't um, come out. I'm yeah, looking, I'm looking at the play by play for the third quarter, and the first play for the Bills is uh, Barkley hit quarterback. Yep, so Josh Allen did that in one half. So I know <laughs> we spoke about the, the MVP race, uh, we'll obviously get to. Another person who, as of last night, is now head head and shoulders above the rest in terms of uh, odds. Yeah, Vegas believes odds. he's going to get but it. One thing we didn't speak about last week is because it hadn't happened last week, and obviously we've had all these games, so it's been a bit crazy. Um, we, th- we said that it would be a, a Bills-Packers Super Bowl for the last two weeks, I believe. Um, and in between this podcast and our last episode... Um, Packers, t- Packers tackle, that was almost a tongue twister. Yeah. Packers tackle, David Bakhtiari is now out for the rest of the season, um, which I said to you guys, besides Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, I think that's the biggest loss this team could have. I'm now picking the Bills to win the Super Bowl, I think. I know we'll get to the Packers game and they impress without him, but... Um, I th- not really no not that i've I've beat you too i said it week three so (laughs) i think the the, i've been saying packers all season and i'm not just saying that because i support them and i think i had i I wasn't crazy for saying that all season but i think this back to yari loss coming against elite pass rushers is going to be 
so bad for the Packers coming into the playoffs. I know they've got a week's rest and we can we can try things with different tackles, but um, the Bills have given me no reason to believe that they... I mean, they've put up 56 points against a team that was almost going to make the playoffs in such a com- uh, competitive AFC. I, I, right now, I can't see anybody else. Maybe that's because we didn't see Mahomes and Co. this week and we won't see them next week, but yeah, uh, I, I can't see past the Bills at the moment due to that Bakhtiari injury for the Packers. You know who's going to be a scary, scary player next season is the. Can you talk about Jonathan Taylor one more time. No, 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 no. <laughs> he was scary this season. Uh, for for next year, uh, especially in this Bills team, obviously we know Diggs, the number one receiver. But see, see Davis, he's a rookie receiver, isn't he? Uh, yeah. he's he's going to be uh he's going to be good next year. He he's... had two catches for hundred and seven yards and a touchdown. He he seems yeah. to be like a. Well, obviously, you've got Cole Beasley as well, so like. It's a similar scenario where right, if if Diggs isn't open, I'll throw it to Beasley. If Beasley isn't open, I can throw to to Davis. And actually, he's more than capable, and he's shown it a number of times this season. Um, and then you mix in that boy Isaiah McKenzie as well. Right. Um, Dawson Knox at tight end. <laughs> yeah. Another this is that I think could be again another another big play next season. Um, the more that Josh Allen uh, Dawson Knox uh, relationship grows. I can see him being a red zone threat next season yet again. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And seeing the other Just game, to, in, um, the other game in this division, talking about tight ends again, Chris Herndon. I mean, yeah, he was a leading receiver for the Jets. <laughs> so I mean, that's going to be exciting. I had, uh, I, I don't know if I'd said to you, Adam, but obviously I had the discussion with Mikey before we were making our our draft for the the redraft league this year. Um, Chris Herndon was very much in my in my vision. Um, I had him on my list of potential sleepers for the year. Um, and I'm kind of glad I didn't pick him up from the basis of the Jets being absolute garbage for 14 weeks. Yeah. But it looks like if the Jets keep a hold of Sam Darnold and, and decide to stick with him, looks like that could be a good relationship um, between the two of them. Looks like they've got a good understanding together and he could potentially be one for next season. Um to stick with that game, the other thing was it was almost like a an addition for another team for Cam Newton. Um, he's he's obviously probably under the impression that he, he won't be at the Patriots next year. Um, I think a lot of people are under the impression he won't be, but 21 of 30 for 242 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, and then obviously 79 yards rushing as well. It was a good Cam Newton performance, and I think it was his way of going. Look, I'm still relevant. Like, yeah. if somebody wants me, I'm still here. Um, whether that be at the Patriots by some minor miracle, uh, or whether it be elsewhere, I think. I think that was his way of bowing out. Yes, I, 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 I don't the think the it will be at the Patriots. That they've, <laughs> yeah, that they've, they've enjoyed they've enjoyed Cam Newton's relationship, and they they feel it has went okay. Obviously, they've not made the playoffs, and that's what they were looking for. But I don't think there's any hard feelings between the Patriots and uh, Cam Newton. But it looks like, obviously, looks like for definite they're going to move on. But one player I just want to touch on in this division that I think would be a criminal injustice if he wasn't voted the Defensive Player of the Year is Xavier Howard. Um, I think he got one touchdown this week again, and it was a phenomenal toe drag. I think they call it toe drag swag. Um, on the on the line for the interception, ten on the season, um, and the first person to tally that many uh, since Antonio Cromartie in two thousand and seven. Um, 
I just think, I don't know if it's because I love defensive backs more than any defensive position, but you're getting 10 interceptions on a season. I'm 100% uh, endorsing him for Defensive Player of the Year. I, I think it would be horrific if he wasn't to get it. I don't think we could complain. I don't that. think we could complain if he does get it, could we? No, I don't think you could complain you if anyone on that that uh, Dolphins defensive unit got it to be fair because they've been frightening at times this season. Um, but yeah, every game with a takeaway this year. Aye, stupid. That's Brian um, Flores for obviously, you. Obviously, we'll we'll probably probably have that as a wee special episode. There's obviously our our awards for the year. Yes, well, those um, very important yeah. awards. You know that people will definitely. Take notice of. Yep. Yeah. Like, who had the worst shout of the year between yeah. Kai, Adam and Mikey? Yeah, I had quite a few, I think, uh, that we, we won't talk about. Yeah. Yeah. I let's we'll... let's move on move from on. the AFC East. Exactly. Well done to the Bills uh, getting into the playoffs. Hard lines to the Dolphins who miss out. Just. And that's because in the AFC South, both the Colts and the Titans won and they got in uh, they, at the expense of the Dolphins. They got into the playoffs. The Colts beating the Jags 28 points to 14. And the Titans just about beating the Texans 41 points to 38. Um, the Titans end up winning the division, which gives them a lovely easy home matchup against the Ravens. Uh, <laughs> and the, the Colts obviously get the, 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 the kind of wild card spot which takes them away to the Bills. So to be honest, either way, it wasn't it, exactly... Aye, either way, you were screwed. Yeah, it wasn't exactly going to be an easy game. It shows how, how stacked this AFC is. Yeah, it's really, really good. I must say, the Colts did not look great in that game against the Jags. Uh, running, they did. That's boy Jonathan Taylor. I don't know if anyone knows much about him, but he's he's quite You've good. You've not mentioned them. No, he's quite good at running the ball. Um, however, two hundred and fifty-three rushing yards. Aye, that's what I said. Wasn't it quite good at running the ball? That's <laughs> that's how much Adam Adam loves him. That he thinks there's more in the tank from Jonathan Taylor than, uh, than a two hundred and fifty-three yard performance. I mean, see when you look at that, that for fantasy points, that's only what thirty-seven points plus his catch. So you know, it's not even that good a game. Thirty-eight points. So you know, like it's. It's the, the fact that he had thirty touches and then the next was nine Hines with two. Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. That's this is what I've said the whole season. I said give this boy the ball, and they gave him thirty attempts this week, and that's yeah. what he did. The thing as well is that I I quite like Hines, uh, Naheem Hines, uh, and I think he is a very good complimentary running back to Jonathan Taylor in the same way that Adams' other um, super. Fandom Tony Gibson. For Antonio Gibson. <laughs> um I, I like I like JD McKissick as well. Like I like those I like those partnerships. Um and yeah, Jonathan Taylor looks to be a cornerstone in this league for years to come, one hundred percent. Yes, very yeah. much so. And I'm very appreciative that he's on my dynasty team. Um, you know <laughs> who is not on my dynasty team because he's very old? Uh is Philip Rivers and he kinda who was showing, I think, a bit of his age in this and uh, he wasn't great. Yeah. Seventeen completions, yeah. one hundred and sixty-four yards, a TD, and an INT. I think the Colts will move on from him. He's only got the one-year contract, doesn't he? So I think they'll definitely be moving on from him. And then I think both their quarterbacks are out of contract. Both him and Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, Jacoby Brissett. I think. Yeah, uh, <laughs> like uh, both of them don't have a contract for next year. So I think they'll be moving on. Uh, I think um, it's think very much very much. I was just going to say, I think it's very much anticipated that if Rivers doesn't go back to Indianapolis, that he might retire. 
Uh, I, I think um, depending on how far uh, how far do the Colts need to get this season for them to stick with Philip Rivers, or is it just a case of doesn't matter? He's, I he's don't think they do. No, I think I think they they were taking them as a stopgap for somebody else, which is why they only gave them. I a think if they deal. were to win the if they were to win the Super Bowl, Philip Rivers would just retire right there and then. And I think if they don't reach the Super Bowl, the Colts are going to think, who can we bring in that can get us to the Super Bowl? If they reach the Super so, Bowl. Give him like a a knighthood or something like that because he will have pulled off a miracle. No, can I tell you if they reach the Super Bowl, it will not be because of Rivers. <laughs> no, it'll be you know <laughs> because of that defense and that running game. Yeah. It would be nothing and to do with Rivers. I feel like for the first half of the season, the Colts were, and I don't know, I wouldn't, I'd maybe put this down to Philip Rivers, but they were a bit absent in the past game and. Over the last, the second half of the season, Michael Pittman, um, T.Y. Hilton, Doyle as well, have just become monsters in that passing game. Uh, don't really know what's happened because they're still running the ball a lot. And I think that's maybe opening gaps for the likes of uh, Pittman and T.Y. Hilton. But um, I really, I, I think I've said this on previous podcasts, I'm loving Michael Pittman this year. I didn't know much about him coming out of college, but he showed that he could be a, a big player on this team. And if they... I know there's talks about Carson Wentz coming to this team, and I know he's had a, a terrible season. But if you've got players like him and T.Y. Hilton and Jonathan Taylor in your team, and I, one of the best defensive lines in the league, obviously with Pancakes Nelson, um, <laughs> a sky's the limit for this team. If Carson Wentz can really start to find the groove again, yeah, if Wentz goes here, I think he'll be successful because obviously Frank Reich when he was the OC at, uh, at Philadelphia, and that's when Wentz had his good, his good, good play yeah. there, and also. As you pointed out, Mikey, a really good offensive line at this team. And if Wentz is not under pressure, he will not hold on to the ball and be sacked all the time, which seems to be what he does. And he'll have time oh, to on, pass. Oh, no, ball. he will. He'll just hold <laughs> on to the ball and keep holding on to it. And someone will be open and he'll keep holding on to it. And then he'll throw it 40 yards past. That him. will be a podcast for another time when we talk about possible off season moves. It will just be I me think. talking about Carson yeah. Wentz for an hour. I'll jump on the other side of the ball quickly because the Jacksonville Jaguars don't mean anything apart from the fact that I think this team might actually be quite good with Trevor Lawrence as quarterback. And I'll just yeah, move on from that. Doug Marone is their coach. And oh, yes, going, obviously. Right, let's wipe the slate totally clean and Doug. start again. They're looking for new GM, new head coach. They've got two first-round picks, two second-round picks, 11 picks in total. They've got cap space. Um, I... I really, I wish they'd held on to a few defensive players. I know in in order to uh, get that next, that second first round pick, they had to get rid of uh, Ramsey. But there was a team there that got them to the AFC Championship and it was a, a phenomenally good defensive unit. I know if they had still had that defensive unit, they probably wouldn't be picking for Trevor Lawrence just now. So it's kind of, that's the way it works. But um, James Robinson, Keelan Cole... Uh, LaVisca Chenault um, Chark put Trevor Lawrence in the mix with that it's going to be fun to watch again next season I think this season has been phenomenal and I just think now the narratives going into next season is just going to make it 10 times better plus hopefully the fans will be back as well Yes, I agree I I think the AFC South I think historically has kind of been that division when it hasn't really been the strongest typically you know, you maybe have yeah. a good team in it, but the division as a whole hasn't been that strong. I think it could be quite a strong division in the future years with the players that are going into it. And one of those reasons is because of King Henry uh, playing there uh, at the Tennessee Titans. In fact, that whole Titans team 
34 attempts he had. Uh, I think he averages something like 25. Now, looking at the number of attempts he's had all season, he's averaging in the 20 attempts a game, which is ridiculous. Um, 250 yards, two touchdowns, obviously breaking 2,000 yards for the season rushing, which, Mikey, See, you, you, you talk about this, Mikey, because you like King Henry so much. He's helped you come run up in a lot of your fantasy See, leagues. If someone gave... If someone came up to Derek Henry at the end of the game and was like, we're playing another four quarters, he'd be like, let's go. Let's go. Let's right. do this. I'm yeah. going to smash to everyone. I've seen something just before the podcast, and I'm so glad that I did. So the rushing yards for the season, I'm just going to kind of say them roughly. Derek Henry at number one with just over 2,000. Dalvin Cook at about 1,500. Jonathan Taylor, 1,100. My boy, Aaron Jones, one th- Aaron Jones, <laughs> 1,100. So that's the top four. And in fifth place... If Derek Henry only played after half time, he'd have one thousand yards rushing. Oh my goodness me. So if you took him out if you took him out from top spot and only played him in the second half of games, he would have been the fourth highest rushing player in the league. That's ridiculous. It, he does tend to like, like put the team in his back in the games. second half. Yeah. And he's I mean, we said if this I know obviously we'll we'll talk about the game as well because um they, they scored a... It was a phenomenal game, actually. I think this was one of the best games of the week. But um, if the game went to overtime, I think we all said, like, it just always seems that Derek Henry's the one that pulls him through in overtime. It's happened time and time again. That There's no words to describe this guy. I think offensive player of the year, hopefully he deserves it. Uh, I think he's, in the, terms of the MVP odds, there's five players in the conversation in terms of the odds, uh, and he's the only non-quarterback, which just shows what a monster season that he's had um, yeah there's nothing else really to describe him I hope he has a great um, post season and um, post regular season in the playoffs and we'll see what happens but when I think what he said is it Titans Titans Ravens in the next round of the playoffs yes yeah so the What's Ravens the as we'll get to like like to rush and Derek Henry likes to rush as well um, and then uh, another thing sorry just before we move on to the games because I, I just love talking about Derek Henry. One thing that they've got so well thought out is the Ryan Tannehill rushing touchdowns from within the five-yard line. Yeah. Because the the, def- the defensive unit just puts all their focus on Derek Henry, and why wouldn't you? And it just gives Tannehill so much space just to, to nick in round the, round the corner. I, that's a play that I think we'll see a lot in the playoffs. Um, yeah, just fair play, Derek Henry. You are rightfully entitled the king. Yes, I must say it was a very, very exciting game because for a little while we thought possibly the Titans weren't going to win this division because uh, the Texans made a bit of a game of it. Even coming right into the the end of the fourth quarter, uh, the Texans were up uh, four points. Tannehill got his five-yard run, uh, as you mentioned, Mikey, uh, uh, just after the two-minute warning, which put the Titans up by three points. And then... The, the Texans go up the other end and score a field goal and there's 18 seconds on the clock and you go, all right, well, this is going to overtime, isn't it? Step up, Ryan Tannehill and AJ Brown. Bang. <laughs> Boom. Huge pass uh, and uh, a lovely field goal as time expires uh, for, for the Titans to, to to win that game. I must say, I was very, very happy to be watching the FC South this week. Uh, yeah, I think um, it was like, a, who could be the better quarterback here? I know Ryan Tannehill maybe didn't have the best Sorry, the most explosive passing game, but he's a very, like Mikey mentioned, he's very versatile just now. Obviously, with the threat of Derek Henry, he can he can sneak in and get the touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, in the five-yard zone. 
five yards zone. Five yards zone. That's a that's a that's a new phrase. That's a new one. <laughs> Within the five yard line is what I tried to say there. Is that yeah, it's a five the yard zone. zone? The 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 gold zone. If it's the red zone the inside zone. the twenty, is it the gold zone? <laughs> uh, but then on the other side of the ball, like Deshaun Watson, who I really feel for this season because he's been like a a diamond in the mud for that Texans team. Um, twenty eight completions, three hundred and sixty five yards, three touchdowns. I mean, he's, he's so good. He's the, so good. The, the Texans are going to waste him, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. He's, he's going to waste some of the best years of his career playing in that team. Now, I know, obviously, they've, they've to get... Um, they've to get a couple of players back. That took me a while to that get that did out. take you a long time. Uh, they've, to get, they've to get a couple of players back. Uh, obviously, Will I thought Fuller's you were going to be sick there, the way, you're, the way your face was when you were trying to think. I thought you were just going to throw up onto your microphone. Will Fuller's to come back from his... Being a naughty boy. No, he's not. He's going to free agency, isn't he? Oh, yep. Okay, yeah. That's a good point. (laughs) Maybe he won't come back. They're getting Um, even less and less. And they've got, obviously, they've got the number three pick, though, in the draft, don't they? Oh, no, that's right. Uh, The Dolphins have that one. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, they did that trade. Um, Stefan Brandon Cooks loves to change change teams. So, so Brandon Cooks will probably be away. So, um, Deshaun Watson will be throwing the ball to himself. Just throw it really high in the air. No, who they could do with? They could do with this guy. I don't know if you heard. He's called DeAndre Hopkins. He's quite a good wide receiver. Yeah, but they won that trade. Oh yeah, they did win that trade. I mean, look at those statistics for David Johnson this week: eighty-four rushing yards and a touchdown. You know, through the air, thirty-six receiving yards. Yeah. If you're Deshaun Watson, you must be going. What on earth do I need to do here? Like, somebody give me some help. I know Brandon Cooks obviously had one hundred and sixty-six yards and two touchdowns there, but. My, my, issue with, season. My, my issue with Deshaun Watson this season was I thought that he was too dependent on DeAndre Hopkins and I think that's a wrong statement. I think the Texans were too dependent on DeAndre Hopkins because I would never have thought at any point this season Deshaun Watson would have won the passing yards title this season. He's came out of nowhere and he's won it. He's finished on 4, 8, 2, 3, 100 yards more than Mahomes. Um, so it's not like he's He's missing that maybe the red zone target, but he's his passing yards three hundred and sixty five this week um, has been phenomenal. And Brandon Cooks has had a thousand yard season, and he's had it for four teams now. I think he's the first player in NFL history. And I totally forgot right. that he played for the New Orleans Saints. I knew that he played with the the Patriots and then went to uh, got to a Super Bowl and lost. Then went to the Rams and got to a Super Bowl and lost to the Patriots. And then went to the Texans. That's why I thought the Texans would make the Super Bowl this year just because of that stat alone. And but, um yeah, four thousand yards. Um, he's had thousand yard receiving um, years on four different teams. He's not the answer, obviously. I think if they had the third pick in the draft, they would have been maybe looking for Jamar Chase or um, Devonta Smith, but they don't have that now. So, who knows what's going to happen? I think Adam, you said that this this division looks like it could be become very competitive in the next few years. I'm worried that the Texans. And more importantly, Deshaun Watson will just fall by the wayside. Yeah, excluding Texans. I'm, I meant to put that little asterisk uh, beside my statement. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just thought I'd... Um, just obviously you mentioned they didn't have the third pick overall. Um, I was like, I'll, I'll, I'll have a look and see what they've got. They've not got a pick in the first two rounds of no, the No, draft. no, they're picking at like 60-something, aren't they? So they've got a third-round pick, two fourth-rounders, a fifth, three sixth-round picks, and a seventh. Yeah. If you can improve Fair a loss over those picks, fair play, but I can't see I'm it. Gonna, I'm going to lay out a statement in the hopes that someone on the Houston Texans is listening. 
I know somebody who won a championship with some phenomenal late round picks. So Houston Texans, if you are listening, Kai Skier is available for hire as your GM. I'll, so, I'll, pick, I don't know. I'll pick your late like, rounds. You don't need to hire him. Just maybe give him a chance. Just give him an interview at least on <laughs> Zoom call. See see how you feel. Because um, Stefan Diggs in the seventh round, I think uh, Kai's going to put that in his CV slash resume. Right, that that, that is going jobs. on my that's going on my CV. Yeah. Not for jobs so, in any way related to the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> to be but, fair, yeah, a huge a huge off season for the the Texans is required because some teams can do nothing in the later rounds, but some teams can really find uh, diamonds. So. Again, it's going to be crucial this season for the Texans because they could really fall to last place for the next couple of years in the in this uh, this conference. They this they, division. they need a good they need a good uh, free agency, but I think the the problem yeah. is that they're spending quite a lot of money on Cook, so I think he's got quite a big contract, doesn't he? And that's one of the reasons that the Rams traded yeah. him. So I, and not... obviously they gave Deshaun Watson a huge contract. I don't think their cap space is overly. Good to be honest. <laughs> Overly I good. I like I like that analysis. Overly mate. good. <laughs> Overly yeah, good. That's uh, journalism at its finest. <laughs> Expert analysis from the PHFL podcast. There. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, they ruined one of my bets for this year. I had a bet on all the four, the the four, the eight division winners, and the Texans were my pick for this, uh, for this um, division, and that was very wrong. I think would be the fair statement. Uh, to put on that, so I won't be putting that bet on for them again uh, next next year. Let's move on to our last AFC division to talk about, and it was the one that probably had the most interest in regards to uh, looking at the playoffs. It was the AFC North. You had two games. You had the backups for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers losing twenty two points, twenty four against the Browns, just two points in it. And the Ravens decided, we're going to go and rush for 400 rushing yards against the Bengals and won the game 38-3. I'm just, I'm just going to see if I can say that phrase again. 400 rushing yards for a team. That was an NFL record, was it not? Uh, uh, not uh, never been done before in a game. 400 rushing? I don't have anything else to say. That's my analysis for that. <laughs> uh, and also, seven ridiculous. people contributed to that. Aye. Seven people that's madness. Like, uh, I think Gus Edwards had a a seventy two yard long uh, touchdown rush. Uh, but even taking that away, the stats he would have had roughly about what ninety yards still without that seventy two yard. Um, Lamar Jackson almost at hundred. Gus Edwards sixty. Mark Ingram kind of chipping out of nowhere today. We've seen a lot of him this week. Um, thirty nine yards. Duvernay twenty two. Justice Hill and uh, Huntley, the backup quarterback, just. Crazy. Never. I've, I don't think I've ever seen. I'm going to check that while you you continue this, but I don't think I mean, there's ever been more. I, I'm, ju- I'm just going to. I'm just going to say a little thing. As a player who uh, drafted uh, f- in the middle rounds, uh, Hollywood Brown for his fantasy team, it was nice yeah. of him in week 17 when it didn't mean anything <laughs> to actually have a good fantasy week uh, with his five receptions, 41 yards, and two touchdowns. Yeah, I mean it's also nice that finally. I'm seeing some very promising signs from our dynasty trade, Adam, with uh, J.K. Dobbins. Um, if you can keep up those 160-yard two-touchdown days, I will be very, very happy. Yeah, yeah, I'm, um, I'm slightly worried about that trade now. Uh, yeah. Looking behind the curtain, I, I got Saquon Barkley, obviously, with him being injured this year. Uh, I gave away 
what two first two first round picks in Dobbins, and I got yeah. a third or a second off you, I think, didn't I? I, th- I think you gave me two first rounders and Dobbins for a Saquon Barkley in a second. Yeah, to be honest, I thought um, I was going to win that trade. I thought that they might be still using this by oh. committee here for the Ravens. But... Yeah. Oh, Mikey's got so, his stat. The the New York Giants have the most rushing yards by a team in a single game with four hundred and twenty three yards versus the Baltimore Colts in November nineteenth, nineteen fifty. So I think possibly in the Super Bowl era this is the this is the record. Yes. But in terms of American football history, um it was this one. Well we've turned into a fairly pass heavy league over the last few years. So uh so it's no surprise that this is a, a surprising stat, I suppose. No surprise it's a surprising I, stat. I oh mean that... actually no, I stand corrected. In the Super Bowl era Guess what team has the most rushing yards for 407, so three more. Oh, oh, come on. They could have run a little bit more if they knew they had to be that. Surely somebody in the sidelines going, ah, right, three more. Come on, Lamar. Think Back about, on. Think about, the team that, think about the team that put up three points against the team that rushed for 404. It wasn't the Bengals, was it? No way. The, the Bengals in 2000, and 2000 rushed for <laughs> 407 yards. In 2000 and 2000? <laughs> <laughs> 2000 and 2000. We'll still be in lockdown by then. <laughs> yeah so the, um, but yeah all all uh, regardless just crazy stats from the ravens just unbelievable i know that's impressive but see what's more impressive was that brandon allen performance that was a thing of beauty oh six, six, six completions. completions for 48 yards and two interceptions and he wasn't even dropped he was kept on <laughs> the whole time <laughs> they uh, apparently they were trying to wheel, wheel Joe Burrow out and try and put him under centre because it was that bad. Just put him on a cart or something and get him to throw the ball. That yeah. was probably one of the worst performances from a team I've ever seen. Uh, the Bengals were just—I know they had nothing to play for, but they just, um, none of them were bothered by anything. Scott Hansen on NFL Red Zone—he had a, a phrase for it. Was it? Um, Something to do with you're already thinking about your your Bahamas holiday or whatever your beach holiday. So um, I think a lot of the Bengals' minds were thinking about those uh, hammocks and. AJ e- e. Green was targeted six times for no receptions. Do you think he was just going? Ah, yeah. Get away from me! Now my question is, how yeah, good were those more. targets though? Like it calls itself a target, but quite how close was it? Because some of them went anywhere near him. Aye. Aye. Sometimes throws like when they throw them away. If there's someone near the direction that the ball was thrown out of bounds, it counts as a target. But yeah, a, a lost season for the Bengals because of the the Joe Burrow injury. I really hope he comes back. I think it was a story of what, um, what could have been at times. Um, yeah, I mean, even saying that, they they weren't performing massively well at the time. Uh, no, I went down, I'm, but. I'm not meaning like a Super Bowl esque like run, but no, no, I mean, yeah, they could yeah. have had a, a slightly better record if if Burrow's in. I think they probably they at least have a better, um, yeah. a I better mean, outlook. A top five pick, I'm sure. So, um, yeah. I say that I as say, if the again, Eagles didn't finish with the same record as them. Yeah, the exact same because of the tie. Yeah, because of the tie. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think um, if they can try and shore up that offensive line. And Burrow gets back to full full health. Um, you've again, as we said, kind of about the Jags as well. There's young pieces there that, that could hopefully um, push them into the playoffs over the coming years. Yes, this is a very yeah. very exciting division for years to come. And you know, a team who uh, finally got in those playoffs for the first time in 18 years, those Cleveland Browns. Well done to you, Sean. Your team that you support. <laughs> 
finally got to the playoffs. The longest active drought is over after their 24-22 win over the Steelers. I know it's been a tough 18 years for Sean. Like, after the full 18 years have been tough for Sean. He's yeah. really, <laughs> he's been wanting them for for full 18 years. I think he's, I think he supported them for the last maybe two years or something like that, two or three years. So, But yes, fair enough, Sean. You picked them because they were the worst team in the league and now they're in the playoffs. So congratulations to Browns fans for enduring that longest playoff drought, you know, active playoff drought. You know what the Browns had to endure was this game? The Browns fans said because they should have won this game by more when they didn't have Big Ben under centre for the Steelers and they only won by two points in the end. Uh, is this perhaps uh, bad for the Browns in terms of the they've got the, the playoff game is against the Steelers next week and they only just beat the Steelers with their backup QB? I think they probably... I think it was maybe a bit of nerves as well. Yeah. But... I said as soon as this game finished to Ahan, who is a Steelers fan, my friend Ahan, I said, I think the Browns are going to win this uh, this playoff game. I think now that they're in the playoffs and that monkey's off their back, um, I think they're going to come out swinging. And I think, yeah, I don't know, I can't, I don't, didn't know the injury list, but I think they still had a few players missing um, because of the, the COVID situation. Um, I am very much looking forward to this game. And, I just, I don't think the Steelers have got it in them. I think they've struggled for too long and the Browns are now got all the momentum with them um, in the playoffs for the first time in 18 years. I will get to our predictions again at some point, but I'm I'm taking the Browns in this game, in the playoffs. I don't know. <laughs> uh, we'll get I, to it at the end of the episode. You've got time to yeah, think about it. I, I, still, I still think that the Steelers might have too much for them. I think a very, very playoff experience, Big Ben, as much as he's not been that great this season, I think he just knows the playoffs really well and he knows the kind of games you need to play. And I think if if they play properly, as we said last week, don't run the flipping ball. Um, use the receivers you've got, wee chunk plays, get it out of the field. I think, I think the Steelers might end up King of the Browns off here, hey, but either hey. way, like you say, it will be exciting. Look at those Steelers receivers actually catching balls and not dropping them, that helps. So, hopefully, yeah. they do that with Big Ben for the Steelers' sake. So, that left uh, three Again, sorry, but Clay, Claypool 100 yards receiving and a touchdown. He kind of uh, middled uh, uh, towards the uh, probably towards the back end of the season, but um. Again, another good weapon and another great wide receiver rookie that's came out of this class. Ah, Steelers are always good at drafting wide receivers, uh, especially in the kind of middle <laughs> rounds, aren't they? Every year they seem to draft one, so they they do well. Um, so that left three teams from that AFC North qualifying. Qualifying? That's not the phrase, is it? Uh, progressing to the playoffs. Um, obviously, the new extended playoff format means that they now have seven from each division. So... Uh, that, does seven that mean from each division? Seven from you each said di- that last week. I said well. that last week. That's seven from each conference. My <laughs> mind is not working. Um, There's only four in a division. Ah. <laughs> the Packers get in four times. That's how it works, isn't it? Uh, the, the Bills reserve team makes the playoffs. <laughs> I tell you, they, they might. would probably be better than some of the teams in the, the NFL. Yeah. That means, uh, obviously, does that mean that the the best division in the AFC is the AFC North? Or they have three of the seven teams in it. Is that how how it works, isn't it? I, I would say it's probably yeah yeah. Yeah. The, the and you look at the record as well. The yeah, the hundred percent the best division in football this year. There we go. I tell you, they have one of the teams with 
the most now that we've mentioned the full the full conference, I would say the two teams that you worry about going into the playoffs are the Bills and the Ravens. On momentum, yep. I would say. I agree with momentum. They are absolutely you on. You worried about them getting eliminated there? I was like, no, 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 no. banging the Bills drum for, for <laughs> months, and now you're saying, and I will go bang it further. I will keep banging it. But no, I would Aye, say on momentum. I would say the two of them will will probably be the two teams that that people fear the most. Um, now, obviously, like we said, we'll, we'll come on to the the predictions come the end. But I think the Bills will probably annihilate the Colts. Um, and the Ravens-Titans game will be good. Uh, I think if the Titans play the same way they played there, I think they'll probably struggle. Um, but, again, it's going to be tasty. It is indeed. And you know what's going to be also tasty as well? is the NFC, because all of the football is exciting to watch. Maybe not all of the games this week. Yeah. Um, but what we'll do is uh, we'll start with I'm trying to pick what division meant the least, probably. I'll go with the NFC South. I was having a look at that one. Uh, the Saints and uh, the Bucks had already confirmed they were in the playoffs. It was just a, a discussion about where they were going to go. It was almost confirmed before this game the Bucks would get the five seed, and indeed they did get it with a, a 44-27 win over the Falcons. It's uh, the first time, I don't know if you knew this statistic, Mikey, the first time in Tampa Bay Buccaneer history that they've scored 40 points in two consecutive games. I know Jameis Winston had his issues over the years, but you would have thought that the the amount that he throws, he would have put up a few a few big um, few big numbers on back-to-back games. You thought so? I did not know that. That is yeah. a mad stat. That's the first time the Bucs have had two 40-points games back-to-back. Uh, and uh, Tom Brady to thank for that, but they beat the Falcons 44-27, and the Saints... Kind of demolished the Panthers, thirty-three points to seven. Um, and the hope, I think, the Saints could they have got one seed if results went their way, or maybe say, I can't quite remember how it was all yeah, working. No, the weird way. They were still in contention, but yeah. it would have taken a lot. Uh, but yeah, some some good, uh, some some high scoring games for me to have a look at. They are quickly touching on the New Orleans Saints. Uh, they're going to be good for the playoffs, even though they had no Kamara uh, running back. Uh, they had no Latavius Murray. Half their running back room all were close contact traces and all that. Uh, Ty Montgomery, former Packer, uh, former Packer wide receiver, I should say, turned running back, uh, 18 attempts, 100, 105 yards, just shows you that anybody, I suppose, can uh, can run in that team. Is Alvin Kamara just not that good? Is that is that, what we're, is that the narrative? I think he's overrated, doesn't he? Yeah, uh, anyone can do it. Nah. I mean, based, you're only as good as your last performance, so I don't really rate him. No, exactly. Nah, I don't think he's living exactly. up to expectations, to be honest. Yeah. And with um, the, what? On you go, Mikey. Something about the something about the Saints. We've not really been in on them at all this season. But I mean, I'm just looking at this game and obviously their last game as well. And they've been without Michael Thomas for for quite a while. I think they're they have because I think the Bills were the dark horse at the start of the start of the season to win the Super Bowl. They were a team that were going to make the playoffs that but now they became a legit Super Bowl contender. I think the Saints have fallen from Super Bowl contender to dark horse. But if you've got Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara coming back and a and a healthy Drew Brees, and you've got weapons like Taysom Hill as well, and and their D is still good, um, they're a turnover machine as well. I would I'd be just a bit though. What? 
I said just a bit this week, only the five interceptions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think if you're a if you're a team in the NFC, you do not want to play. If I'm being completely honest, even as a Packers fan saying this, I don't want to play Tom Brady or Drew Brees in the playoffs. They're nope. the two teams I want to avoid. No, I don't either. No, especially considering the Saints are going up against the Bears, uh, who obviously I'll come on to at some point. Yeah. But yeah. 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 Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, I think he needed eight receptions to get a contract goal, so he got a lot of money uh, as a I think, bonus. I, I think when he got the eighth, he was. I've never seen a man celebrate a, a very mediocre catch before. Yeah. Like, I think it was 500,000 or something. Yeah. I think Aye. it was like, even if it was a reception for minus yards, he would have been like, yes, come on. Yeah. I think it was just celebrate the reception running, he needed, wasn't it? Running run into the end zone, into the camera, just himself. Just <laughs> um, Half a mil, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing, like, obviously there was a lot going on this week and there was a lot of more important things, but just in the aftermath of it and, and looking at it now, what do the Panthers do? I think they've been one of the most middle-of-the-road, uninteresting teams ever this year. Now, I think you can attribute that very much to the the fact that their star player has played, what, three games? Yeah. Um, But they just don't seem to have anything else in the locker. Um, I think the answer is draft a QB. Yeah. Teddy Bridgewater's yeah. been all right. I kind of feel sorry. Yeah. But... I think I think they need to probably <coughs> excuse me. We need to be looking to get someone new. Have already been dropped for next season. Um, we spoke about the Packers and the Eagles' schedules, um, but the Panthers also have a, a difficult schedule as well. And I just skimming over it when I looked at it, I was like four or five wins with the current team that they've got. Four or five wins maybe, and um, that that's a worry. Um, they brought in this new GM as well. Yeah. To hopefully change the fortunes and, and maybe draft a quarterback, I'm not sure. But I think they're a team in dire straits just now because you're not getting a top three pick. You're not challenging for the playoffs. You're just kind of there and you're not doing anything. And that's, if I was a if I was a, a fan of a team, I would rather see us get draft capital than just be a middle-of-the-road team, uh, if I'm completely honest. So, again, I don't know how many times I'm going to say it in this podcast and probably for the, the coming weeks and months until the next season, this off season is huge for the Panthers as well. It's uh it's this is they're at a fork in the road and they need to decide what avenue they want to head down in terms of quarterback, in terms of overall team depth, um, talent, cap space, you name it. They I mean, have they have a chance. A... Sorry, sorry, Kai, but they have a chance to be the dominant team in this division. Because yeah. Tom Brady's getting to retirement, Drew Brees getting to retirement. I know uh that uh, Matt Ryan isn't getting to retirement, but he's getting up there in age. So they've got a chance if they build this team right in a couple of years, they could be the dominant force in the division. But they have yeah. to get it right. Yeah, and they have the eighth pick this year. So by the eighth pick, you would assume that the top three quarterbacks are gone. Yeah, let's just say they are. Then do you look to like the second tier of quarterbacks? Do they? Do they go for that, or do they try and get some more offensive weapons? Well, a Carolina trade-up candidate. If someone like the Jets decide they're sticking with Darnold and they want to trade down, yeah, and someone come up for a QB, say, yeah. um, I mean, they—they've had the eighth pick in the past. Um, just doing a wee bit of research there while you were talking, they had the eighth overall pick in 2017. Was that took a certain Christian McCaffrey? Yeah, he did talk my fancy um, team that year. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so I mean. They might just keep the eighth pick as like a superstitious kind of thing and try and get someone. <laughs> uh, but I think, like you say, I think they probably they of the the kind of top ten draft picks just now. 
they're probably the highest candidate to be drafting up a bit and trying to I think trying well, to get a higher pick. Were, I don't know about you guys. I don't know if it's just because I had, as we call him, Bob Anderson, Robbie Anderson. <laughs> Bob I don't Anderson. know if it's because I, I don't know if it's because I, <laughs> I had him in my fantasy team, but I feel like the first half of the season the Panthers were fun to watch. They were an, a, a great team to watch on red zone and things like that, and second half of the season they've just completely fallen off the face the face of the earth face of the earth face of the earth that's it that's where going with it i I like to stick with the mistakes i mean but um (laughs) the again i i feel like i'm repeating myself with different teams over and over again there's weapons there you've got a healthy christian mccaffrey to look forward to you've got the emergence of mike davis you've got good wide receivers there jeremy chin potential uh, defensive player of the year candidate uh, defensive rookie of the year sorry um, it's a tricky one. I don't know if they if they'll they could trade up. They could pick an offensive uh, weapon at eight. They could pick a defensive weapon. It's just decisions maybe in free agency and things like that that would need to happen first before I, they they make that decision. I, I think just as you're going through that, obviously before I asked that question, I hadn't really looked. Going through that, when you look at the wide receivers, when you look at obviously having Christian McCaffrey back, it's got to be a quarterback for me. Yeah, got I to. think it completes the puzzle on offense. Um, no offence to Teddy Bridgewater, he's not an elite quarterback. He's filled a gap, I think, for them. Uh, obviously, after Cam went, I think they need to be looking to to get an elite quarterback for years to come. Definitely, you've got, you've got McCaffrey, you've got Samuel, Moore, Anderson. Those three wide receivers are a Aye. perfectly acceptable wide receiver trail. You just need someone to pass the ball to them. Mike Davis. Mike Davis, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Do you think... I, I put Mike Davis on a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think they missed Luke, Luke Keekley this season? Obviously, it was a bit of a surprise that he retired at the start of the season. Yes, but also that was a big they spent gap. they spent all seven picks on the defence in last year's draft, so I think this yeah. defence will only get better. It was very inexperienced, and I think as the year went on, it got a bit better. So I think, especially when they had no pre-season this year either, so I think that this defence will improve as a unit. I think they just need to get that pass catcher. But yes, to answer your question, Mikey, I think any team would miss a player of Keekley's ability. I, I did not know that they'd spent all of their draft capital on uh, defensive weapons. So I am now on the bandwagon. Draft a quarterback, Carolina, Maybe. if you are listening. Yep. Listen to us. Whoever the GM is out there, listen. We talk sense. Kai, Kai, you shouldn't be giving this kind of information away when you're at... Oh, sorry. Um, I'm, I'm on the Texans yeah, roster now. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You should sorry. be doing that. Yeah. Sorry, Houston. Yeah, exactly. Draft oh, yeah. McMullins. Draft McMullins. <laughs> On the other draft game, Nick draft. Mullins. Draft. Nick Mullins is redeclaring for the draft because he's he's been so bad this year. Let's move on to the other game. Uh, another team <laughs> who I think, to be honest, with the number four pick might pick a quarterback. I know you two disagree with me, maybe slightly, but I think Atlanta might draft a QB to sit as a backup I'm for more, Matt Ryan. I'm more edging towards it now. Yeah, yeah. I, I, if they're gonna, if he's gonna sit behind Matt Ryan, whoever it is. Yeah, I think yeah. it could be. I think in that, I think in that scenario, then they don't need to draft up well obviously they, they can't really they're what fourth did you fourth, say fourth yeah um there's not really much point there is a chance like you say if the jets stick with arnold and other things don't change so that that stays as the top four there's a chance one of the one of the top three quarterbacks drops to them well here's um, here's my hypothesis okay the jets or miami who are in three might not want uh-huh. to draft a quarterback okay in fact hey, that's a good point yeah. i didn't even realize miami were there but if Atlanta do have one they want, uh, they might have to trade up because if they don't, 
there's a chance Someone that Carol- might... Carolina division rival yeah. might trade up above them and take the QB they want. And if another team does that, fair enough. If a team in your division does it, that is not something you want to happen. <laughs> no. I think aye, I think they've just got to be very careful um, about not just, like you say, not just sitting on their hands. Uh, obviously, that Trevor Lawrence will go first. He's he's going to go first. Well, there's um, no rumours that he might not. I think he's going to go first. I, I think you would I mean, be insane if you don't. They lost in the semi-finals to a certain Justin Fields. I'm just saying. Um, That's, I'm just saying. Okay, Just well, saying. one of the two of them is going first. One of nah, Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields will go first. Or Wilson from BYU. Um, but, I mean, it's it's going to be Lawrence, Fields, and then probably Zach Wilson, like you say, um, in the top three. I think if you're if you're Atlanta, you want to take one of them. I, I, I would. To try and take one of them. Personally. But we'll talk about that even more in the future because we're going to talk about a specialist in draft episode. But after this game... The Bucks confirmed the five seed. You know who's good at catching the ball? Where Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Rob Gronkowski. They're quite good, aren't they? You know who's good at throwing Mike it? Evans isn't good at catching the ball. <laughs> right. Well, uh, normally they're good at catching the ball. Obviously Evans went off. He's, he's normally good at doing it, but when I put money on him to catch a touchdown, he decides to drop the flipping thing and then injure himself in the frozen. Yeah, I know. But you know who's good at throwing the ball at them, though? It's Tom Brady. Yeah. Uh, 399 yards for four touchdowns and interception. You know what's happened since I said Tom Brady can't throw deep balls? Is he keeps throwing deep balls? Um, <laughs> we did say it last week. Be listening. I'm yeah. telling you, he did must say it last week. Exactly. Bruce Arians has definitely rolled in the big telly. Yeah, and uh, we'll move on to it, but uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers get their playoff matchup against the winner of the NFC East, so that's also called a bye, I believe. So, uh, Hopefully the second string team. So, uh, so I, I think, the I think football uh, team to beat them now. I think they'll do pretty well. Uh, but yeah, nothing much to talk about in this game. Falcons were, as they have been all season, not particularly great. Even though they're all right on offense, their defense hasn't been brilliant. Um, they'll, I think, look forward to Julio Jones being fully fit next year as well, alongside Calvin yes. Ridley. Uh, that could be quite fun. But that was, I'd say, probably one and, of the and Russell Russell Gage as well. Yes, he's he's yet. emerging. Yes, exactly. And uh, Hayden Hurst, who, uh, Mikey seems to yeah. quite like. So, yeah, big fan. Yeah, I say high scoring game just didn't really have a huge amount of meaning because the Bucks had basically already confirmed the five seed. Anyway, let's move on to another division that was perhaps more exciting. Let's go NFC North, Kai. Let's go NFC North. We had the Vikings playing against the Lions in a game that didn't really matter, but it was high scoring 37 35. The Vikings won that one, and the Packers beat the Bears 35 16 to confirm the number one seed. And the threaten the Bears with being knocked out of the playoff contention, but because of results elsewhere, the Bears still managed to get in, even though they lost. Somehow, yeah. Uh, yeah. Bears. I think Classic that, that Bears. <laughs> there was obviously that, like you, like you've said, Adam. Um, the the focus this week was was on the the Bears Packers game, um, but of the two games, the Vikings Lions game was far more exciting. Um, it was a lot closer and a lot more happening. Um, also, n- nice of, of Marvin Jones for Mikey to appear in week 17 and decide to have a 180 yard two touchdown game. Can I point out that, that I was the one that did that I did draft Marvin Jones in the redraft <laughs> and then dropped him? And then dropped him. And Mikey picked him uh, up. 
Yeah. He's a good game. That guy, that guy's a beast when he wants to be, seriously. Aye. I think I said that in the group as well. He could be the wide receiver too. I know it probably wouldn't change. The, the lines would be silly to, to get rid of Marvin Jones and also send him to division rival. But he would, be, in my opinion, as the as well as um, I said, the likes of like Cole Beasley and Will Fuller is the perfect wide receiver too for Devontae Adams. I think that's that's the kind of guy that you want in your team. He's a perfect wide receiver too when Kenny Galladay's playing as well. And he's also very capable of putting up big numbers on his own. Yeah. Um, obviously on the, the Viking side of the ball, Justin Jefferson again, 133 yards. Can I just say, Kai, but... the most appealing thing of that whole thing for Jefferson, obviously he is now the leading receiving yard leader, yep. however you want to put it, for uh, for a rookie season. 1,400 yards exactly, isn't it? Aye. That is very well, that's very satisfying. Pleasing. <laughs> very pleasing. <laughs> Do you think like Love on that. his last catch of the day, he was like, I had to cut Cousins, right, I'm going to get to this point, you need to throw me the most perfect ball ever, and I'm just going to stand still. And then he's, <laughs> yeah, fall out of bounds. <laughs> Can I just quickly uh, jump back two seconds? I had a statistic for my NFC South, as I never told you. Oh, okay. Tampa, yeah, we need a start okay, in yeah, this we week. Love a start. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, okay, had yeah. nine drives. They scored yeah. on their first eight, and the reason they didn't on their ninth is because they were in victory formation. That's... <laughs> they scored on every other drive apart from the last one when they were in victory formation. Clinical. Exactly, that is clinical. Clinical. Just when um, I was thinking about clinical teams looking at, you know, the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, yeah, who seemed to... Do really, really well this week. Yes. Kirk Cousins had a good performance, 405 yards, three touchdowns, uh, with no Dalvin Cook. Kirk Cousins had a rushing touchdown. That was like, stop the world. Uh, Kirk Cousins has done something. Who, by the way, poor. who was playing against Kirk Cousins in the fantasy final this week? Do you know who it was? It wasn't me. My fantasy season's finished. I've yeah. got a title. It wasn't me either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm focusing on predictions mainly. <laughs> I was shooketh, shooketh when Cut Cousins ran in, and also the fact that his first two touchdowns of the day were pass touchdowns to running backs. That just yep. that grinds my gears. <laughs> Cut Cousins, if you're listening, you're no longer welcome in this podcast, and I'm putting you lower down in my rankings. Do you know what I think, he, uh, he, he says? Really had a great game. He says he says uh, he does like that. With uh, without yes, Dalvin like Cook, you obviously you look that uh, without Dalvin Cook, it looks like. The Vikings have a very good replacement in uh, Alexander Madison. He's been sat in my dynasty squad for the last what two years. Yeah, he's good at just being a. He's good at being a good backup, if that makes sense. Um, he's he's more than happy to wait in the wings until the opportunity arises. Twenty one touches this week, ninety five yards, a touchdown, like a really efficient performance from him. Um, but he also obviously had fifty yards receiving for a touchdown as well. Uh, I think if you're the Vikings, you probably think of what could have been this year. Uh, they were at one point in the in the uh, picture for the playoffs. Um, they probably were always going to fall short, but there's promising signs there. Uh, I think they've certainly got options on the field. The most exciting rookie of this season by a mile in Justin Jefferson. Didn't um, realise so they had. Uh, didn't realise had Jonathan Taylor. Justin <laughs> Jefferson. Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, he's the most exciting. Sorry, I, I keep mispronouncing Justin Herbert. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, obviously with Jefferson, Adam Thielen, they've got Dalvin Cook, Alexander Martinson to sit behind him, um, Irv Smith at tight end. 
I, I mean, I think personally, and I know you two will probably agree, I think the Vikings are a better team in that division than the Bears are. Oh, 100%. It's just they don't have a defence. Yeah, that's they, the they started off so slow, and the Bears started off so well so this fast. season. Aye. And we, we spoke about it maybe the first month of the season. We were like, the the, the Vikings just pack it up? Pack it in and, and try and begin? rebuild this year. Oh, there we go. Kaiser uh, sing along. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they, they stuck with it, and I, I thought uh, that was one of my predictions. I thought they were going to make the playoffs, which obviously yeah. they fell short of, and somehow the Chicago Bears got in. But also, yeah. before we jump onto that game, Adrian Peterson, is this the last we've seen of him, or do you think he's got another year in the tank? Um, I love maybe, the guy. I he maybe doesn't have that. another, like, Relevant year in the tank, but I think he'll probably he has been relevant this season. That's what I don't. That's what I just. But no, that that's what I mean. Keeps getting given a chance. He's gonna he's gonna perform. That's what I mean. He's been relevant this year. I just don't think come next year he will be as relevant. I think he's maybe just starting to grind down. Um, And obviously with DeAndre Swift in the picture, maybe you just keep him in there to sit behind him, keep giving him advice. I'll Um, give you my expert analysis. I don't know. That's that's it. That's it. Yeah, I don't know where you've got that source uh, from, but I'll, I'll believe it. Per sources, me and Ian Rappaport. Right, okay. Rap sheet. At rap yeah. sheet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. To move on to the, the more important the game in the division, um, the Packers Bears started off, looked like it was going to turn into a bit of a shootout. Uh, obviously, the Bears went up and scored in their first drive put a bit of pressure on the Packers, but I think in the end there was only going to be one winner in that game, really. Uh, it was back and forward a wee bit until the, the third quarter, and then the, the Packers pulled away. Um, I know we obviously discussed it at the time. Uh, there is only ever going to be one person that Aaron Rodgers looks to in the red zone at the moment. That's boy uh, Daphne, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a look as well, like, I found some stats at the time. I think it was something silly, like, 83% of the targets in the red zone are to Devontae Adams. Um, and then it's Robert Tonyan, and then it's Aaron Jones. We keep so saying Tonyan. Like, he pronounces his name Tonyan. Tonyan. Like, he said it's Tonyan like Funyan. That's how he, he said in the <laughs> interview. Uh, yeah, Robert Tonyan then. So Devontae Adams, then Robert Tonyan, uh, and then Aaron Jones. <laughs> Packers very, very, very efficient on, on red zone drives. Um and very rightfully so the the one seed I think. I think they've been the most consistent team in the in the NFC this year. I know it obviously went down to the final week on, on who got the, the one seed, but I think you would have been hard pushed to say anyone else deserved it more. There you go. Both of you I was gonna say Mikey, Packers can, this year. Can you see that? That actually looks like pain in Kai's face as he has to say that about the Packers. That's <laughs> Um, well, it's, and, uh, it's justified yeah the one thing I will say now I know obviously he, he, he didn't throw any touchdowns to throw into the open Mitchell Drabisky looks a lot better I must I have, to admit, few weeks. I have to admit he has looked better the second half of this season it was almost as if like benching him gave him a kick up to behind to go you need to try and prove a point here now I know obviously like I say he didn't throw a touchdown 252 yards David Montgomery did a lot of the work on the ground. Um, unsup- well, sorry, surprisingly, Darnell Mooney seemed to be the lead receiver. Um, Jair Alexander obviously had Alan Robinson in his back pocket. Shut him down. Two receptions for 37 yards. 
Um, but yeah, to mention that by Daphne, where on earth did he come Aye, from? Mikey, do you have any information <laughs> on him? I have no idea. <laughs> Mikey, any idea who he is? Couldn't tell you. Could, could not tell you. <laughs> is that not tell you though with Green Bay that that's how it is? There's people like, especially like in previous seasons, you had folk like Equinemia St. Brown who'd no one had heard of, MVS, you at that point no one had heard of. These players just come out the woodwork and start catching passes because Aaron Rodgers is throwing yeah. them the ball. One one target, one reception, one touchdown. Efficient. Boy Daphne. Do you think they just like, randomly wheeled them out for somewhere in the, in the alcoves? Ah, we'll just chuck this guy on because the defense will have no pretty, idea what to do with them because they've never seen him before. I'm pretty sure he won a fa- he won a fan competition. I think he won a competition <laughs> to to catch a touchdown with the Green Bay Packers. Well, I don't I know mean, as he's actually a, I know, I, a block of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Oh, that's just getting silly. <laughs> yeah. I will get on to a stat. I know uh, Kai's got one that I'll I'll let him mention as well, but. We spoke about it on a previous podcast that at the time we did the podcast, Aaron Rodgers had more touchdown passes than J.K. Scott had punts. Yep. That ended up being factual by the end of the season. Aaron Rodgers with 48 touchdown passes, J.K. Scott with 47 punts. And to it just compare, sums up. I was just going to say, and yep, to compare quarterbacks to other people that kick the ball, um, Devontae Adams ended up with more touchdowns this season than uh, Mason Crosby had field goals. So I think it says everything you need to know. Mason Crosby was 100% on field goals this year. That that wasn't as if Mason Crosby was bad. He he scored every one he hit. Uh, I think it just shows you, or it tells you everything you need to know about this Packers offense, that they they don't do punting, they don't do field goals. It's touchdown or broke. I'm happy with that. One seed in the bag, MVP in the bag. I just don't know mm. if the Super Bowl is mm. in the bag. And Rogers has won it. There is no doubt. First one, like, I agree. I, I, Second one, I still say it's like eighty twenty. First one, Rogers I agree favor. as if like we we might still lose the one seed. No, it would be again similar to what I said earlier. A criminal injustice if Aaron Rodgers was not to get MVP this year. I would. I would, I would riot. I would seriously riot. Fine. Um, I think, obviously, as you mentioned earlier, um, the biggest question mark or the biggest cloud that now hangs over the potential for a Super Bowl win is obviously um, no David Bakhtiari. I think, like you've said, that will have a massive, massive effect on the Packers. Um, I, I said to Mikey during the week at some point that if the Packers had already sewn up the one seed before this week, then I think it would have been slightly better scenario. They could have had this week to try out a couple of people at that left tackle spot and then a full week um, on a bye uh, to try out people again to then go into the, the divisional round. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. It's on his blind side. It's on Aaron Rodgers' blind side yeah. as well, which is probably a worry for him. This this is something I was thinking about, is that if we had locked up the one seed last week, I don't think Bakhtiari would have practised, and that's where, he, that's where he had his injury. I think yep. he would have been given a complete rest, maybe ran some drills, but I think if we locked up the one seed, that, that Bakhtiari injury does not happen at all. Um, and that's the worrying thing. So, yeah, it's... It's huge. He's just obviously signed the biggest offensive lineman 
contract in NFL history as well, which shows his, his value to the team. And as you said, Rogers blindside, it, it could be catastrophic because now we had a relatively okay schedule this year and now we're coming up against the big dogs, the, the defensive units that willed their team into the playoffs okay, and that's you. what worries me. Yeah. We'll yeah, play almost certainly the Tampa Bay Buccaneers unless one of the, the six or seven get through. But with the six or seven being the what the Bears or uh, the Rams, that's six and seven, isn't it? Uh, I'm yeah. not. I'm not predicting them to win. Spoilers for my predictions. So I think we'll play against the Bucks and see the Bucks defensive front. That's scary. But even if yeah. we do play against yeah. the Rams, that defensive front scary. And see if we do play against Chicago, that defensive front scary. Khalil like Mack. it's like Khalil Mack, <laughs> it's Aaron Donald, and Damak and Sue. Like this, you have got someone running Jason at you all the Pierre time. Paul. Yeah, yeah. That's the I, worry. I, th- that I think that's where the, you. The dogs. Yeah, I think. See if it's the the thing about it being on his blind side. I think is massive from the perspective of if you have David Bactari, Aaron Rodgers doesn't think twice when he gets the ball. Yeah, I think he's so confident. He knows the guy so well. He's got so much faith in him that he probably doesn't even think twice about someone coming from his blind side. Now, when there's somebody you're not used to playing with, it's almost like a second thought. He might be might start being a wee bit more erratic with his passes, try and get the ball out too fast, or he might automatically be looking to his left. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see who ends up in there and and what ends up happening. Um, aye, a lot of excitement to come in the next few weeks. I think that makes I think that that makes the NFC more unpredictable now. I think before now, I think I would have put the Packers as a shoe in for. The Super Bowl. I totally now, disagree. I wouldn't have. I, I wouldn't have put them at that point, and especially now with injury, I don't think I would almost put Adam's outlandish claim as the Packers will not make the Super Bowl. Yeah. And before we move on to the last division, I just want to give credit to Matt Lafleur. He's went thirteen and three in back-to-back seasons, just as a as a new head coach in his first two years as a head coach. So what's that? 20, 26 and six overall yeah. as a head coach. Unbelievable, but. We looked at the schedule next year. It's not kind to the Packers next year. So, um, and again, depending on who we draft, we, I think we still need a wide receiver. Um, next year could be very tough. So it could be Super Bowl or bust for Aaron Rodgers this year as he gets to the end of his career. Yes. Complimenting Matt Lafleur there, Mikey. But if we go to the NFC West, someone who I've not been particularly complimentary of is Cliff Kingsbury as his Cardinals lost 18 points to 7 against the Rams' backup quarterback. Another game in that division, the Seahawks won 26-23 against the 49ers, meaning the Seahawks win the division. The Rams get a wild card spot, and uh, it meant that Arizona do not get a wild card spot, and the Chicago Bears got in instead. I think I said this a few weeks ago, didn't I? That I thought that possibly Kyler Murray was uh, covering the cracks of perhaps some poor coaching from Cliff Kingsbury, and was I right? Can I can I claim I was right, or do any of you disagree? No, I would agree. I would also probably factor in the the, the perspective of that backup. I, I don't even know what his first name was. Streveler. Strevel. Streveler sounds like something you'd uh, have in your throat if you had what like a, so? a lozenge or something like that. Like uh, a streveler. Aye. Um, he, he might as well have been a throat lozenge. He was hopeless. Uh, <laughs> 
Can I, can really we have that printed on a t-shirt? He may as well have been a throat lozenge. That's, that's a sentence. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't very impressive at all. Uh, but I think, like you say, I think Kyler Murray probably papers over a few of those cracks. Um, the Cardinals will be gutted, I think, not to make the playoffs. Mikey, do you want to talk about your new best friend playing quarterback for the Rams? <laughs> Mikey's uh, got an on LinkedIn. The, yeah, the, 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 I, they didn't show it on Red Zone. I, I, have the, the, I bring up a second television on a Sunday to watch Red Zone and then watch the Sky Sports game that's actually been televised. Well, considering Adam watched... Adam's got four screens on a Sunday. Yeah, I had four um, this Sunday. <laughs> we're just doing it right, Kai. Doing it right. Um, on the actual game itself, Walford's first throw for the Rams as a first NFL throw was an interception. And I was thinking, my God, this is going to be a long day for the Rams. I thought the Cardinals were going to... I, I had the Cardinals to win the game, but when I seen that, I was like, the Cardinals are going to crush them here. But then... Kyler Murray got injured and was hobbling about in the sideline and Wolford just became better than Jared Goff. Let's just say that. Yes, um, uh-huh, 100%. He was, making, he was just making very smart, educated throws, safe plays, really good rushing as well. I think just looking here, um, he was the highest rusher on the team with 56 yards. Um, re- really surprised. I never heard of him come until the, the Jared Goff injury. Um, and he was 231 yards, no touchdowns and an interception. Like I know if you're looking at the stat line, that looks bad, but he was willing his team up the field and putting them in scoring opportunities, uh, whether it was field goals, um, which I think... It was, it was, it was field goals. Think, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was all field goals, but for a guy coming into a game with huge implications against a team that had to win to make the playoffs... I thought he was terrific um, and did everything that he needed to do in this game. Um, in terms of the Cardinals as well, Cliff Kingsbury has coached Baker Mayfield, Patrick Mahomes and Kyler Murray in college and in, um, at the NFL. And he's never had a season with eight, eight or more wins. I am starting to worry. I think he's got the biggest hot seat going into next season considering how good the trade was with Hopkins. Um, I, I don't mind the, the, the run, the Russian options with them. Uh, I don't think they have a, an elite or a starting running back. I think they kind of chop and change between um, Chase Edmonds and Kenyon Drake. And obviously they've got Kyler Murray as well. But I I really do worry about Cliff Kingsbury's job next year. There was a play on third and 11. I think they were down by two scores. Um and I think they could have worked their way into field goal range even if they hadn't got the first down. And he played a, a run option with Chase Edmonds and he got swallowed up and they had to put them back into to punt formation. So he's been questioned a lot this season with his play calling. Um, I think he's... Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins have masked the ineptitude of Cliff Kingsbury this season. I think is that the right way to put it? I think that's fair, yes. I think... Yeah. So I think... I would have thought Anthony Lynn would have been on the biggest hot seat going into next season, but he's gone. He's gone. So <laughs> so hot at Burnham. So, so it's Cliff Kingsbury now. I think it will. I think if they get off to a bad start next season, he could also be gone. Oh, by the way, talk, that... talking about hot seats, just I don't think we mentioned it, did we, in the AFC East that Gase oh, is I, gone? Adam Gase was gone, yeah. Yeah. A new beginning for the Jets. I did say a, cut, a good few Breaking weeks ago. News. 
they would keep him to the end of the season on the basis that they were still paying their old head coach. Yeah. Um. So they had to wait a certain amount of time so they'd finished paying him so that they weren't paying two coaches while also employing one. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, the, probably the... I don't really know how to say it. The, the smallest surprise, yes, the least surprising thing surprising to come from the, the, this least season. Um, but yeah, the the Cardinals Rams game is summed up by the fact there was one touchdown for each team, one of them coming from an interception return, and there was eleven punts. Oh. <laughs> the the, the <laughs> average, the average third down efficiency was thirty percent. That's good. Eight of twenty-four. Goodness first me! First downs. No, no, it made it even worse. It was a safety in the game. You know how I feel about safeties. Yeah. It wasn't even a normal safety like, either. It was like a penalty it. for a safety. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't like the way it affects the scoreboard. That's all. It does give you a chance of score a gammy, I suppose, though. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mikey, right. the other game in that division was the Seahawks against the Forty ers and I'm just looking at the 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 scoring plays here, and it went. Field goal, field goal, field goal, field goal, field goal for the first three quarters, which seems like that was really exciting. Yeah, I um, I backed the under in this game, and I think it was like 9-6 going up to half-time, and I was like, oh, perfect. It was 9-6 going after three quarters, Mikey. 9-6 after three quarters. Well, there we are. There we are. Um, and then the, there was 34 points in the fourth quarter alone, um, and I was like, oh, that's smashing. That's, that's just what I want. Um, <laughs> I know the Seahawks were technically still in this the one seed. Um, I honestly wouldn't have been surprised if they if they'd bench some players this week, um, just to stay fresh, because I think that the the one seed was was too hard to come by, um, especially with the way the Packers have been playing. But I mean, this is a game. This was to me, in my opinion. I, I do. I've said it in previous podcasts. I really feel for the 49ers. They've they've just struggled with injuries so bad this season. And considering at the start of the season we were like, "Yep, yeah, it's the Seahawks are going to win the Super Bowl," and then we were all in on the Rams. If the 49ers were fully fit, I honestly think they could have won the division this year with the the way the the for, the lack of form or consistency that those other two teams had, um, which is a shame. So and the Cardinals as well. Sorry, just to add them in. Um, and now we're starting to think that the Seahawks might be picking up momentum going in at the right time, going into the playoffs. So keep an eye on the Seahawks. And as I said, keep an eye on the Saints um, because they're playing teams that A, either squeaked into the playoffs or the Rams, who I don't know what's happening with golf at the moment. So um, just as we said that the AFC has got the highest quality in terms of teams in the playoff, I think that NFC is more unpredictable and that's what I think will make it more enjoyable to watch for sure. Yes, yeah. I think it'll be very exciting indeed. I still have my doubts over the Seahawks as well. Um I don't think they look very yeah. con- very convincing this week, but again it, you could probably put it down to, to what you said. They they maybe took the foot off the gas a wee bit and and then you they didn't really need to exert their, exert themselves too much. Um it, the result of this game didn't really affect them in the end. They, uh, they took so the foot off the gas and then in the fourth quarter they accidentally slammed on the, the foot in the accelerator <laughs> by accident and then they realised they what they've done so they took it off straight away oh sorry I didn't mean that oh, no. sorry keep that uh, yeah so 
again, <laughs> like the, the the playoffs are always exciting. I think the like you said, Adam. I think the AFC will be exciting on the basis of so many good teams. I think the NFC will be exciting on the basis of uncertainty. There's so many teams that are in there that are like, how on earth have you ended up in that position? Yeah. Um, and you always so, you always know there's going to be a there's going to be, be an upset. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I think I think the upset will come from the NFC because really yeah. in the AFC anyone could win their matchups. Uh, exactly. Yeah. And in the NFC you look at that and go, well, there's a clear favourite in most of them. Right. Yeah. Let's let's go into the best division in football. I, I was going to say let's talk about the one that probably had the most drama, if you can call it <laughs> drama. Okay, so let's quickly uh, touch on the Dallas versus Giants game. Um. Well, let's 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 work our way through the statistics. Andy Dal- <laughs> Andy Dalton, uh, possibly the statistics say it wasn't a bad game for him. That that bad a game, but watching the game, I, don't, I think that was maybe one of the worst games I've seen Dalton play. Um, he had twenty nine completions from forty seven attempts, two hundred forty three yards, no touchdowns, an interception. It wasn't great. Uh, Zeke Elliott rushed for forty two yards, which really helped make his fantasy final for him. Uh, this this week he did get a touchdown though, which helped. Uh, on the giant side of the ball, uh, Sterling Shepard did all the catching, uh, and the the Dallas Cowboys lost the game to the Giants, which meant that the Giants needed Philadelphia to beat Washington for the Giants to get into the playoffs. Would you say that's a fair enough analysis for that? And then we move on to the really interesting game. Yeah, I I don't think there's much to say from the Cowboys Giants game. All I'll say br- is to be brutally honest, the, the Cowboys the Cowboys had a chance to win it. Yeah. on third and goal, but they'd been pushed back a little bit. And yeah. Andy Dalton, who, if the Cowboys had made the playoffs, Andy Dalton would have had a $1 million bonus, decided, ah, oh, you know what, I don't want a million dollars. I don't need a million dollars. I'm just going to throw this to a Giants player instead. And decided to do that. So the Cowboys could have won this game and it could have made that late game I don't think it would have changed the what happened in the late game. It probably would have been even more encouraged in the late I, game. I was going to say, if but, it had um, gone the other way, I think it would have happened earlier. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the Cowboys out with a whimper after being a nothing team in a nothing division that ended up somehow almost being able to win the division. Completely thrown away. But, again, what could have been this season if the MVP of the first three weeks, Dak Prescott, had stayed healthy? So... Um, yes. a positive uh, to take I think from the Cowboys when you go sorry I was going to say I would go as far to say if Dak Prescott was healthy they'd have won that division easily. oh 100% yeah. um, if, if any if of spoke, the teams we spoke last week about the, the receivers the, the fact that they've got three very good receivers Zeke is still Zeke even though he's had a poor season and he's fumbled a lot um, yeah I think if Dak was healthy they would have won this division a long time ago just given obviously the circumstances this year with this division but I mean, that just means that next season, this division could be one of the best in football. You just never know. That's the way the NFL works. If any of them had consistent QB play across the season, okay, because obviously all of them end up by backups. By backups. I think on Sunday Night Football, did they have was it eleven different quarterbacks? They they ended up starting games across the four teams. It's Aye. crazy yeah. the amount of rotation they've had through here. Um, but yeah, if, if, but, if, but, if, but, if any of the teams had a competent quarterback for the full season, I think they would have won this division easily. Yeah. For all the, for all the, trying to think of the right word, for all the criticism that this division got, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's been my favourite division to watch this season. Oh, you, a hundred percent! It has made for phenomenal television. At no point did you know who's going to win it. And, yeah, I'm going to I mean, go as far to say it's been my. 
yeah. my le- least favourite yeah. division. Yeah, I think you can say that, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, the the fact that like there's just so many things that have happened in this division alone, and then like when Jalen Hurts came in and you, you're you're facing the New Orleans Saints, you're like, my God! And they go out and beat this, the Saints. You're like, right, we're going to win the division because we've got Dallas week next week and things like that. It's been it's been get the popcorn out the ready because this division was phenomenal. Right, um, phenomenally bad. Kai, Kai, Resident Eagles fan. Um, uh, uh, so, uh, yeah, I did like you said, Resident Evil, <laughs> Resident Evil fan. <laughs> yes. Um, so it was announced There's a couple a of in there a couple of hours before before kickoff. Uh, I'm sure it was Mike Garofolo, I think, who announced it. Yep. That Sudfield was going to get some meaningful snaps at the end of the game. Yeah. So. Nate Sudfield, who, <laughs> sorry, let's let's get to the the most important point. Carson Wentz was a healthy scratch, so no reps at all, which suggests to me they're going right. We'll keep him as healthy as we can and get rid of. Him. So then Mikey obviously mentions the fact that this is a perfect opportunity for Jalen Hurts to just have the full game and get as much experience as he can. Nate Sudfield has not had a single rep at quarterback this season. Every week without fail, he's on the injury report, even though he's healthy. That's it's just oh bizarre. It's a case of uh, Sudfield. Can you can you play this week? Like can we put you as a backup because we're not really going with Wentz and Jalen starting. Oh, I can't. I've got my sisters and he's just doing week. everything I he can to, to not uh, play. Oh, what about next week? Ah, oh, well, my hamster needs to go to the vet. Oh, I can't play. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> you know that we are paying you week. several thousand pounds a week to do that oh no I know but uh, nowhere in the contract they say I actually have to play the game of football I just have oh. to turn up don't I, I mean, yeah. sometimes potentially and I think that was shown when he came in that he is absolutely horrific I've never seen a guy I mean I've watched Carson Wentz for a good few weeks this season Still would put Sudfield down as the worst quarterback we've had this year. Well, um, well, looking at the passer rating again, I know statistics possibly sometimes lie, but I don't know if I've ever seen a passer rating at fourteen. There's also something that I have just seen here, which has thrown me for a loop. A, he was drafted by the Washington Redskins, or the now the Washington Football Team. So was he helping them? Oh, in, this game. in 2016, I didn't he was know a that. Round pick out of Indiana. Just looking at his page here, and then secondly, he's a Super Bowl champion. <laughs> what was he on the Eagles? Was he on the roster? He must, must have been third string quarterback. I think the season he joined, he was at Washington for a year, and then 2017 he joined the Eagles and then won the Super Bowl. He has a ring. Third string. He has a Super Bowl ring. He has a tech. Technically, he has a ring. Yeah. So I, d- I don't have a ring, and he does. That. Yeah. Um, and you almost have roughly the same quarterback rating as well. So I think my quarterback rating would be better than that, to be honest. See, see, see in but all yeah, honesty, um, Jalen Hurts' quarterback rating at 25. See, see if this was Carson Wentz. I did, this is in all seriousness. If Carson Wentz was your quarterback, and he went 7 for 20 uh, for 72 yards, all the Philadelphia Eagle fans would have been shouting for him to come off the, pit, uh, off the field anyway. The, the pitch, pitch the, yeah, from, from a passing perspective, but he also had 34 yards and two touchdowns rushing, so it probably papers over the fact that he didn't throw the ball very well. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where Jalen Hurts is 100 times better than Carson Wentz, because where Carson Wentz would just hold on to the ball and go, ah! 
and just not do anything with it, Jalen Hurts goes, right, let's try and turn this into something else. And he escapes the pocket, and nine times out of ten, he, he does something meaningful with it. Um, the one thing I did notice after the game, having watched the highlights and stuff, when Sudfield was brought in for Hurts, nobody knew it was happening. Nobody on the sideline knew it was going to happen. They just knew he was named as the um, as the backup to Hurts. Apparently, like the offensive players still thought there was a chance they could win the game. Uh, Doug Peterson since come out and said he was coaching to win. What? Uh, no, no, don't don't start doing that. You admitted yep. start. You're going to give him meaningful snaps. Say we were just trying out the boy, as most teams do in week seventeen when there's nothing yep. to play for. So he's come out and said he was coaching to win, but apparently when it happened, there was quite a lot of confrontation at the side of um, players, maybe questioning why it was happening, potentially Hurts questioning why he was being pulled. Peterson uh, has a duty to for not not necessarily for the fans for the team, but for the players on that team to give them the best chance of winning that game. Yep. And now, they, obviously, going into the game, there were a lot of players inactive, which I can understand. It's a game that we players have probably been battered all season. There's been chopping and changing. I can understand players sitting out. I get that. But see the players that you name on the roster, you've got to put them out as the best potential to win a game. Especially when there's still a chance to, then come to win out, the game. Yeah, exactly. Especially if you come out after the game and say you were playing to win after that, it, it leaves a sour taste in some people's mouth, I think. I don't blame them, 100%. Uh, especially... Especially Joe Judge. Oh yeah. Um, he, he, I I wanted I was going to try and play the quote, but I've got the quote here. Um, so he came out and said, "Obviously, players have asked me throughout the day, and I just can't express that. The one thing to keep in mind this season is we had a lot of people opt out of the season, coaches, players. That includes their family members as well. So to look at a group of grown men who I asked to give me effort day in day out and to empty the tank." And then I can look at them in the eye and assure them I'm always going to do everything I can to put them in a competitive advantage and play them in a position of strength. To me, you don't ever want to disrespect those players and their effort or disrespect the game. And then one bit that you said that really kind of struck a chord was, especially this season, the sacrifices that they made to come into work every day and test before coming in, to sit in meetings spaced out, to wear masks, um, to go through extensive protocols, to travel in unconventional ways, to get text messages at 6.30 in the morning telling them practice is cancelled, it's a virtual day, to tell them, don't have your family over for Thanksgiving, please avoid Christmas gatherings, we know it's your wife's birthday, let us make sure we put that one off to the off-season, things like that. That's what I can understand. Yeah. But um, it's it's but at the time when we knew that the, maybe the Eagles, especially if it was the Cowboys that were in the position to win and the Eagles would have lost that game, I mean, I was kind of like, oh, I'm all for it. I think that's quite funny, to be honest. But when you put it that way, especially this season with all the, the difficulties, um, it's there is a bit of a question mark and a bit of a dark cloud looming over this whole situation. But that's the way it is. And we've not really spoke about them at all, but congratulations to Washington for actually making the playoffs. I know. Unbelievable. I think... Uh, yeah. I know you said that uh, Cliff Kingsbury's probably in the hot seat. I think Doug Peterson's managed to put himself onto the hot seat with, with the way he's gone about things at times this Some season. Questionable decisions. Um, and well, there's a meeting that, as we are on the day that we are recording yeah. this, isn't there? There's a meeting with him yep. in the higher um, Apparently uh, Jim Schwartz is going to retire, um, who's the defensive coordinator, so you need to bring someone else in. I think 
from the outside looking in, Peterson will stay. But I don't know if I agree that that's the right decision. I think he's earned the right to stay. Simply because oh, obviously, he's won yeah, a yeah. But but that, I don't that, know if that's the right. That's ninety nine percent of the reason why. I think the le- the the legals, <laughs> the, legals. the Eagles have struggled uh, so much this season and at times last season. We're resting on the laurels of a Super Bowl win. That's just we're, as, we're uh, still stuck in the past at times. Uh, as an Eagles fan, before we got onto Washington, is this the end of Zach Ertz? He was apparently on the field until one in the morning. Yeah, walking around, he was crying. I think it is. Have we seen the last one? Um, I think, uh, un- unfortunately. Uh, I think it is. I can't see. I can't see him sticking around, especially with with what's going on just now. I know, obviously, there's there's promise in in someone like Jalen Hurts, but that's about it. There's not much promise elsewhere. Doesn't look as if the 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 franchise have been run very well. Um, like we've said, a couple of questionable decisions. Bit of uncertainty surrounding it. I think I don't even know what age he is now. Actually, he's. He's not young, put it that way. Um, he's he's probably hitting a point where he wants to keep keep his career on the on the straight and narrow. Um, yeah, I think I think he's gone. If he is still Which, likes wearing green, uh, coming up to Green Bay, we'll have him as a complimentary tight end alongside <laughs> Tunyon. Uh, He'll get some reps Tunyon and Mercedes Lewis. He's thirty, so I mean, he's still he's, got a good half. He's still half got a good few years. years on him, but again, he's. He's no young. I mean, if Mercedes Lewis is still doing it, and uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but that's true. Um, but yes, onto the wash, onto the Washington aye. football team. Thank you, Tony Gibson, for winning me some money. Uh, over twelve rushing attempts was my bet. Uh, I can't believe I can't believe that was the line. By the way, and over thinking, twelve. Over twelve rushing attempts was even money. I was like, well, that's just printing money, isn't it? I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the the whole situation with Washington, with Ron Rivera obviously having cancer this year and the well-documented Alex Smith injury on this podcast, I think anybody that wasn't in this a fan of this a team on this division was written for Washington to make the playoffs. Um, I'd love to give Ron Rivera the head coach of the year as well as Alex Smith having comeback player of the year. But And then also Chase Young as defensive rookie, uh, defensive rookie of the year, potentially, uh, between him and Jeremy Chin, I would say. But yeah, a feel-good factor and a, a great story for Washington. Yes, and a very nice, easy game for them to play at home to Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers next week. There's, um, one thing I seen last night as well that I saved to, to show you guys is the comparison between Alex Smith's injury and Joe Theismann's injury back in 1985. So both of them broke their right tibia and fibula it happened on November 18th, 1985 and November 18th, 2018. They were both playing for the Washington Redskins at the time, as they were called. It was in Washington, D.C. It was both on the 39-yard line. The final score of the game was 23-21 to 21 on both teams. Um, it was caused by, at the time, for Joe Theismann, three-time defensive player of the year, Lawrence Taylor, and for Alex Smith, three-time defensive player of the year, J.J. Watt. And at the time, uh, Joe Theismann's left tackle, which was a Pro Bowl, Joe Jacoby, was off the field due to an injury. And for Alex Smith, Pro Bowl left tackle, Trent Williams, was off the field due to injury. It's scary how similar those injuries were. Scary. Uh, really, really quite but, freaky. Yeah. 
yep. Uh, yes, these are the kind of stuff you love to read about, obviously, as a fan as well. Um, but Joe Theismann, Hall of Famer, Super Bowl champion. Don't know if I could say the same for Alex Smith, but I just love the fact that this guy gets a chance to play in the, the postseason uh, after everything that he's been through. So congratulations. And if it leads on to it, I think that is going to be the game where the upset is going to occur. Oh, on Saturday night. Goodness me. Here's, here's my um, flip of that. I think Tom Brady and the Bucks absolutely annihilate them. Yeah. I can see Tom Brady not being on the field by the fourth quarter. There you go. I think it'll be out of sight by the end of the third. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers win that game. If we're going on to predictions, which we are, uh, I think. Well, we might as well fire I think, because yeah. that's us done now. We all know who's in the playoffs. So we're going to predict our playoffs again. There's no need to be guessing, oh, who's currently in the playoffs. You know, it might not be like this. We, we know. know. We know exactly who's in there, as long as Mikey's got the right list. And uh, Mikey's got the I dolphins do. in there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. we'll Eagles is one seed the out there, yeah. NFC. Uh, so Packers with the one seed and the first round by. So Chicago Bears... Da Bears at Da Saints, New uh, Orleans Saints. Next. No, no point in asking that one. Next. Yeah. Saints. Saints. Um, and then as the number six Rams at the number three Seahawks. Interesting game. Seahawks. I think the, Does this all depend the, on the, what happens with Jared Goff? Yeah. I think the biggest if there is Jared Goff. Um, yeah, that's true. If Jared Goff's back, if they play him, the Seahawks they play him win. Yep, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if John Wolford plays, Wolford I, I think they win it. Um, no, I I think as much as I said I've got my doubts over um, the Seahawks. Still, I think I think they'll probably win that one. Seahawks for me, thank you. I think with um, with that cool camera and the game being in Seattle, I think the Seahawks are going to win. Aye, they've got um, to have that camera on then, the field. Yeah, the game that we spoke about, the number five Bucks at Washington. I think we've went two one for the the Bucks there against yeah. your. Prediction, Mikey. Buccaneers out of sight. I just think there's there's an upset somewhere, and the only ones that are jumping at the page on both conferences is the Bears upsetting the Saints or Washington upsetting the Bucks, and I'm not picking the Bears. So that's I'm just going to say I think <laughs> if there's going to be an upset, it's going to happen in DC. Um, I was just about to move on to the AFC there. So we've got the number five Bucks at Lambeau Field against the Packers and a David Bactarius Packers. Buccaneers, please. I'm going to pin this on you, Mike. I'll go Packers. I also think the Packers probably will win, to be fair, because I think it would be unfair to say otherwise, considering how good they've been. Yeah. Yeah, I'll... I'll, Especially after the Bears game without Bakhtiari, I know the Bears and the Bucks are a totally different kettle of fish, but I am going to take the Packers on that one as well. Um, And then we've got the number three Seahawks travelling down to New Orleans. Saints for me. Yeah, I think maybe one step too far for a, an uncertain Seahawks. One step beyond. <laughs> so Lam- <laughs> Lambeau Field <laughs> or the New Orleans Saints, who are the number two seed at the Packers, the number one seed. Saints. Saints for me, I'm afraid. Don't need to give my opinion, then I'll say the Saints. <laughs> it's because you said the Saints. 
So the Saints make the Super Bowl for the first time in God knows how long. I'll get that on my notes in a second. Um, so now we've got the AFC. Obviously, the Chiefs felt like they've had the number one seed forever. Um, it's not been as long as you think, because bear in mind the Steelers were uh, lostless for quite a long time. God, well, yeah, that's, that seems like another lifetime. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you've got the number seven Colts at the number two Bills. This was what I said at the weekend. I think the Bills would have preferred to have played the Titans. Because I think this this defensive unit, if there's going to be anybody in the AFC that's going to try and put a stop to the Bills, it could be the Colts. I'm not just going to say they're winning, they're going to win, but that's where I leave it up to you, sir. I think it'll be a good game. Um, I think it'll be closer than people anticipate, but Bills all day long. Bills for me as well, please. And then I think they have... just—I think they win it on offense on the basis of the Colts not really having much depth and having Philip Rivers the at quarterback. Six. The number six Browns at the number three Steelers. Oh, oh boy! Now we've literally just seen this, and the Browns scrape past second-string QB for the Steelers, but a lot of the other Steelers' weapons were still out there. You know, like it's not. Just for the record, as well. Sorry, we haven't had the Saints in our consensus playoff in the Super Bowl since Week Thirteen. Interesting. I still stand by Steelers here. I'm going to make Mikey decide. <laughs> I'm going to go for the Browns. I said earlier in the podcast, I think the momentum of the Browns are going to carry them through. At the first playoff appearance, I think Baker Mayfield is going to have a day. I think it, it's. I don't know if it's going to be a good day. I think it might be a very erratic day, but I think he's going to have enough to will them over it's the line. Be Jarvis day. Landry. Chubb, Kareem Hunt, you name it. Um, and then probably the tie of the full playoffs. Um, the number five Ravens at the number four Titans. Ravens for uh, me. Ravens have got the momentum. Yeah, I think that's what wins them. What are they now? Five? I think Ravens. it's a five-game winning streak. And they're doing it comfortably as well. So, yeah, Ravens. Yeah, they've won five now, yeah. Ravens. Yeah. So, this is interesting. So the number three and four seeds have been eliminated. Um, so you've got the number six Cleveland Browns at the number one Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, uh, who's the better quarterback? I think Chiefs. You think the Browns, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chiefs, please. Yep, Chiefs. Okay, and the number five Ravens at the number two Bills could be what an incredible a match up game. That is, by the way. I, I still stuck by, again, what I've said all season, the Bills, I think. I would go the Bills. I don't think the Ravens will go ahead. And then I think they might struggle to pass to catch up. I think in a shootout... Yep. If if the Ravens were to go two scores up, I'd say the Ravens. I think if the Bills go any score up, a touchdown up, then it's I'd say the Bills probably. So anyway, uh, same as we've had for quite a while now, that... AFC Championship game, the Buffalo Bills, the number two seed, at Arrowhead Stadium to play the Chiefs. Bear in mind, the Bills have made the Super Bowl the last two weeks, and before that it was Chiefs, Chiefs, Titans, Chiefs, 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 Steelers. (laughs) Oh well, they've changed their mind on the Steelers, haven't they? (laughs) That was in week eight we started this, when they were 8-0. Nothing has Nothing has happened in the last week that would make me change my mind about what I said. So I'm still sticking by the bills here. 
I think something has changed, and that is that the Chiefs in our fictional scenario here would have played against the Browns, and the Bills would have played against the Ravens, and I think the Bills will have had a tougher game against the Ravens, both physically and mentally, than the Chiefs would have had. So I think the Chiefs would win this game because they were fresher. Based on that, I would I would probably side with with Adam on this, and just the fact that I feel like the Chiefs haven't even showed how good they can be this season, and I think that there's there's going to be a game, whether it be against the Browns in this situation, or against the Bills. Um, God, this is tough. Well, I, I, think I, I, I want to I'll say something here. To play in the while while you think about it, Mikey, I I remember us talking about the fact that. Chiefs kind of haven't been informed, but Buffalo have been informed, and that's fair enough. But there's also a possibility the Bills have now peaked at the end of the regular season, whereas the Chiefs are yet to reach their peak. So they've not been they've been struggling, but they're yep. still to rise up to the level that they could get to. And we we haven't spoken about obviously the Bills' um, issues in the playoffs, um, and they went on a massive playoff drought for years and then they lost to the Texans last season uh, when they were ahead by quite a bit I'm going to take the Chiefs in this one but that take nothing away from the Bills I think the Bills will win a Super Bowl in the next two or three years but Mikey's uh, outlandish claim of the week there we go Bills will win a Super Bowl in the next two weeks two weeks <laughs> two years <laughs> they'll win it in the next two weeks, two weeks. <laughs> two weeks it's not getting played in two weeks but they'll win it then they'll just give it um, so I don't think we've had this one just looking through... Wait, I, that's Steelers absolutely Seahawks. ridiculous if we've not had Chiefs against Saints in a Super Bowl prediction yet. So since we came, it's been Steelers-Seahawks, Chiefs-Packers, Chiefs-Packers, Chiefs-Rams, Titans-Seahawks, Chiefs-Saints in week 13, there we go, Chiefs-Rams, Bills-Packers, Bills-Packers, and now Chiefs-Saints. How on earth, sorry, just going through that, how on earth did we have a Titans-Seahawks Super Bowl at one point? Well, at one point, Seahawks, Seahawks were the form the Seahawks team. being there, but when did we think the Titans were getting to the I think Super we said they were going to bully a lot of people, did we not? Was Henry not just stiff-arming people for I'm fun? I'm just trying to see what happened in week 12 with the Titans <laughs> to see if it was a, To a make us think win. they were making the... Um, so the Titans that week I demolished don't... the Indianapolis Colts. Oh, yeah. That was the week they went up big yeah. early. Yeah. Maybe we were just a wee bit too railed up by that. Anyway, Raymond James Stadium, Tampa Bay, Kansas City Chiefs versus the New Orleans Saints. Does Mahomes go back to back or does Drew Brees go out with a ring? Kai's nodding his head. The earlier, I think. I'm not sure what to. I think if the Chiefs get there, and I'm still not certain they will, but if they get there, I think I think they'll win. Mikey, you're gonna have to decide because I'm picking the Saints. <laughs> I love doing this to me. In terms of na- in terms of narrative, I would love the Saints to win, and then Drew Brees to just call it a day right then and pack up his broken ribs and and sail off into the sunset. But I don't know. I'm. I'm trying to think. I, th- I think Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara will really start to prevail in these playoffs. And I'm going to strangely back a New Orleans Saints Super Bowl victory this week. Goodness me. Believe it or not. Just out of interest, Mikey. So that's the first. 
Could, could we have a, a look at the statistics in terms of AFC versus NFC in our predictions throughout the week? Who to, to see if, if we prefer the NFC to win the Super Bowl or the AFC over the weeks. What's the what's the, the what, head the, to head? The winners, do you mean? Yes, the winners, uh, yeah. Yeah, who do who? The winner. So week eight, Seahawks. So that's an NFC win. Weeks nine weeks weeks nine, ten and eleven, Chiefs. Yeah. Just three for the And then another one for the Seahawks. So yeah. three to two. And then another one for the Chiefs, four to two. And then we went Rams, Packers, Packers. That's five to four. Six to four. Do we think potentially six percent chance of, of an NFC team? It's bizarre because we've literally not stopped saying that the AFC have the stronger AFC the playoffs. strongest. <laughs> yeah. Now and we I, I think I said them. this probably a month ago now. That I thought the top of the NFC was stronger than the top of the AFC, yeah. but the actual like kind of three Playoff through kind of ten was better in the AFC. And the AFC teams, the only team we've ever had an AFC team win it is the Chiefs. We've never had the Steelers winning it. We've never had Bills or anyone like that. No, it's always so been the Chiefs. NFC versus the Chiefs. That's the way it's been. There you go. So then maybe is that is that is that our prediction? That if the Chiefs get to if, if the Chiefs get to the Super Bowl, there's a chance they win it, and if anyone else represents the AFC, the <laughs> NFC have won it. That can be yeah, your I think that's Adam's outlandish claim. Adam's <laughs> outlandish. Might win the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I still stand by by my Buffalo Bills. My Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo your Buffalo Bills. Bills. Yeah. Anyway, if uh, Tony Gibson and Jonathan Taylor just want to make a team by themselves, I'll support that team. Well, they're both in the playoffs. Would you like a Colts, a Colts Washington Super Bowl? Do you know how happy I would be? Imagine, imagine, imagine Johnny Taylor and Tony Gibson running against each other. Ugh. Well, just one quick thing before we go into the predictions, right? Looking at the the seven teams in the AFC and seven teams in the NFC, what is the least likely Super Bowl that could happen? I, I'm uh, still saying the Col- the Colts Washington must be the, the least likely. Then. No, I would say Washington have more of a chance getting to the Super Bowl than Chicago. Well, I said that the Washington would beat the Bucks and the Saints would beat the Bears. So I say Bears in the Super Bowl against the Browns. Yep, I agree with you, Mikey. Bears Browns <laughs> is my Browns, least I likely. I imagine. I don't, I don't think, think I'd watch it. I don't think I'd put it on. Sean would be sitting himself with his banners and balloons up, and I would, none of us would be. I mean, I, I would, think I'd I just would, go to my bed. I would watch the highlights. How often would it be that? All of us would support the same team. Well, certainly me, Mikey, and Sean would be supporting the same team there because there's no way we are supporting the Bears. I think Absolutely I would just not. go to Bears to be different to <laughs> all of you. Mitch Trubisky in a Super Bowl. And oh. No, Nick Foles. Oh. Get Nick Foles under centre and I'll support the Bears. Hey, that's a narrative, isn't it? Imagine, oh, yeah. the, imagine the guy got two Super Bowls just out of his Jeez. final performance. Oh, man. Right. We digress. Anyway, yeah, that's a we digress and now we wake a lot. Up and we do the, the exactly. Questions. And we get our two-minute warning. And uh, it's uh, time for the predictions. The last week You're of the Mike predictions. has been waiting for exactly. all day. The last week of the predictions. Mikey has uh, struggled in fantasy football this year. I say struggled. He's got to some finals, but he's not won anything. Uh, so this is his, uh, his chance of getting a ring, a trophy, however well, you want to describe all it. All I'll say is, from the get-go, since day one, I've always said that this is the one that I wanted to win out of the fantasy leagues and the predictions. The predictions was the one. I've said it from day one. 
Try and, you can find it on previous podcasts. This is the one I always wanted to win. This is it. I put blood, sweat and tears into this. This is the one I wanted to win. So let's just get underway, will we? Right, so well, I'll go down the list. I hope that's in the same order as you've got them now. Uh, we'll see if we'll see or you'll have to, to jump about. Uh we the first game we were predicting was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beating the Atlanta Falcons. Clean sweep for the Bucks. Well done to us. The Giants beating the Cowboys. Uh we had Adam, you had the Giants. You were the lone wolf on Oh, catching up. Catching up. It's very close going into this week. We'll see if it, it finishes that way. Uh the Patriots beating the Jets. Uh, Adam, you had the Jets. The Vikings beating the Lions. Adam, you had the Lions. Do you remember about seven oh, weeks God. ago I said um, I'm never going to back <laughs> the Lions? I was a Lions fan, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, me and Kai had the Vikings. Oh, so that's me and last again already. Good game, though. Yep. Uh, Cleveland beating Pittsburgh. Clean sweep for the Browns. And I'm hoping a clean sweep for the Ravens. We all had the Ravens, yeah. And a clean sweep for the Buffalo Bills would have been sensible. Uh, no, you were a lone wolf for the Bills, believe it or not. Kai's third favourite team, the Bills, after the Lions and the and the Eagles, uh, he picked against the Bills. So, Adam, you were the only one. Just out of interest, why did any of you think that Tua and the Dolphins was going to beat Allen and the Bills? Eh? I don't I, think the Bills were going to put out any other starters. I thought the Dolphins were like in the position. Even if, they, they, even if they did, even if they did go second string, we would have still been wrong because they probably won seventy five points. Also, the fact the Dolphins had to win too. Aye, yeah. but I mean, Buffalo had a chance yeah, to to knock fair. Miami out the playoffs and also a chance to get what well, the two seed. So, yeah, yeah. very strange. Yeah. Uh, Seattle they beat the Forty ers we all had the Seahawks in the low-scoring, high-scoring game. Yes. <laughs> uh, the Rams beat the Cardinals. Kai, lone wolf with the Rams. Yeah. In that instance, it was a similar thing that you thought, Kai. I just thought the Cardinals need to win to get in. So. Cardinals had to win. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Indianapolis beat the Jags. We all had the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah. The Titans beat the Texans. We all had the Tennessee Titans. The Raiders beat the Broncos. Adam, you had the Broncos. I'll be honest, I thought that was a real good bet until right then. <laughs> I'm I'm not gonna lie, yeah. Adam. I nearly took the Broncos as well. Yeah. Um yeah. I have been bitten once too too many times by the Raiders, so I was just picking against yeah. them. Uh the Chargers beat the second string Chiefs. Kai had the Chiefs. I think he thought the Chiefs would do what the Bills did. And just have a really good second string team out. The Packers yeah. beat the Bears. Clean sweep for the Packers. The Saints beat the Panthers. Clean sweep for the Saints. And the Washington football team... uh, Sorry, I'll rephrase this. The Philadelphia Eagles helped the Washington football team beat the Philadelphia Eagles. (laughs) We all had the Philadelphia Eagles helping the Washington football team beat the Philadelphia Eagles. Very, very good. So that sounds like it was fairly close this week. There was a tiebreaker on the week. And the, the quality this week really shone through. Um, God, let me let me do the maths here. The, there was a tiebreaker for first place um, for the week. And in total, the week was out of 48. There was a total of... Let me just check this. This is Mikey doing some mental maths. 38, 30, 38 out of 48 was the predictions for the week from all three of us. That's impressive. So... 
Um, Adam, you were in third place with 12 out of 16. I mean, 75% you're in last. That's not a bad effort, is it? (laughs) Yeah. Kai, I'd say you're in second place and not last. Let's just put it that way. And joint top for the week, Kai and myself both on 13 out of 16. And if this came down to us being on level points for the full tournament, it would have came down to DeAndre Swift and Nick Chubb. And DeAndre Swift had 16 points. Nick Chubb had 16.8. Oh, goodness oh my. me, that was close. Yeah, <laughs> so there was 0.8 of a difference for the tie break. So on the season, Kai, don't need to worry about the asterisks anymore. Adam in third place with 130. Take that. Out of 208. So you're over 500, definitely. Yeah. Uh, 130. Second place, Kai with 132. And in first place, I can't even get it out. I'm going to cry. <laughs> 135 points. I finally won something. I'm ripping up the, the stat sheet. Hey! I know. Finally won something. Well done, Mikey. Well done. A consolation a, a tough year. <laughs> tough year, but this is the one. This is the, this is the holy grail of competitions. So, I've done it. Adrian, I did it. <laughs> I'm going to need to get a wee trophy made for the Predictions League now, will I? Just a tiny wee yeah, thing. Yeah, I think we should literally just get see the wee, yeah, like see the wee ones you can get, like that participant trophy for like 10 yeah. year old football leagues and stuff. Oh, well, I'll print, we'll you, just get I'll print you off a certificate, we'll, Mikey. That's what I'll do. And we'll, we'll set up, we'll put it in our future studio, which will hopefully happen next year once we are all allowed to meet again, along with and the then... present that I've got both of you boys. And then when we're all together and we have lots of fans, we can get other people involved in the Predictions League. Exactly. Fun, yeah. yeah. Not just us. Exactly. Well, gentlemen... We're, we're hoping to expand in the off-season. Let's just say that as a little teaser to our fans and Nick Mullins. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Come on in, Nick. Um, still still like you here. Uh, I prefer CG Bethel, to be honest. But, uh Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I think the 49ers were saying CJ's not a fan of the show. <laughs> CJ's not a fan of the no, show. No, he's a fan of the show. Tom Brady, clearly, because he listens to I all the stuff I was saying. Nick Mullins. Was and Nick first, Mullins. Very first from day one. Very first fan of the show. Yeah. He had the first listen. That's what he did. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh-huh. Let's call that a day then. Week 17 review, all done and dusted. We will be back next week. It might be slightly different because we obviously will be looking at the wild card games. I'll be moving from my office to home because, you know, the new regulations we have here in Scotland. So we'll see what happens. It could be fun. Um, if you don't have a podcast, you know that uh, everything's falling Something apart. Something has gone dreadfully <laughs> wrong. But uh, I'm sure... You just have to voice note it on WhatsApp or something and, and just post it on, <laughs> on our streaming sites. I'll have to edit it together. All of us record their own ones on their phone and I can mash them together. That'll be the, the way to do it. But thank you for joining me again, Kai and Mikey. It was very, very enjoyable. What a season. Yes. Still plenty to play for. Still from. more excitement to come. Exactly. And, and we will obviously start our um <laughs> we'll start our predictions our predictions tournament now as well. What? Huh? Uh, predictions for the playoffs. Oh, right. It's oh, a yeah, separate yeah. turn. Sorry, yeah. sorry. Is that so that you can win a second? I mean, thing? I thought I was speaking a foreign language there. <laughs> <laughs> I just ripped and torn up. 
I mean, I could finish with two trophies and you could both finish with one each, so, Ah, you know. Let's just finish on that. Aye, exactly. Thank you for joining us, uh, for listening to the PHFL podcast, and uh, I was going to say, follow us on Twitter, if you haven't already. Aye, I do that. At PHFL podcast, follow us there. I think I need to follow us on Twitter. Aye, get, how oh, do you not even follow us on Twitter? That's what ridiculous. What chance have we got when one of the, uh, the co-hosts uh, won't uh, even follow us? I'm not a big Twitter user. I think I do follow it. Who knows? Aye. At I'm, PHFL I'm Podcast. That's what you're looking for. And we're also the PHFL Podcast on YouTube. If you want to subscribe to the YouTube channel, uh, you can watch it. There's no videos on there just now of our faces. It's just a holding screen with the audio. But... Um, when we're allowed to meet, we'll have a camera on us as well, and you can you see our beautiful faces. Well, my beautiful face in the two years, yeah. So. I'll probably you, need you might add a haircut by then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. Right we will see you. Oh, we'll not see you. We'll you'll you'll hear from us next week. Is that how this works? That's how podcasts work, isn't it? No, we've it. not finished this podcast. Anyway. <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> <laughs> End as uh, as we always are in this podcast. An absolute mess. That's that's us at the VHFL here. Roll Very the, professional. Roll the titles. Roll them. As us. Roll them. Roll them. Roll the we'll see you next week. Bye.